MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Valleydale 500. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer, who bring you the Grand Prix GTP with a new twin dual cam V6. Pontiac, we build excitement. By Tyson Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR. By True Value Hardware Stores. Got a tough job to do? You can do it with True Value Hardware Stores. And by Anheuser-Busch, brewers of Bush beer. Head for the mountains of Bush beer. 33 racing engines have roared to life on pit road here at Bristol International Raceway as we welcome you back to MRN Radio's live coverage. Alongside Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold, and despite the reports of gloom and doom from the weather service, it has turned out to be a quite nice afternoon, actually, for racing here under the East Tennessee skies. And this is going to be quite a battle, Barney Hall. Not only do the drivers really get whipped at this racetrack, but so, too, as we said earlier, the machinery. These cars just oftentimes aren't built to take the kind of abuse that they are dished out here at Bristol. Well, we talked to a lot of crew chiefs, and a lot of them say we bring a disposable race car. We've laughed and joked about that for the last two or three years, but a lot of times they do. They, if they have a car that they know will do pretty well here. A lot of the teams just don't bring their best race cars here to Bristol because they pretty well know what's going to happen. Even if they don't wreck the cars, you said this track will just eat a race car up. There's very little left on the car when this race is over. Once again, this is a right guard halfway challenge race. A lucky fan at home could win a new Pontiac Grand Prix SE. To enter, call 1-900-226-6600 before the halfway lap. One entry will be drawn at random later on today and called at home after halfway. If you're called back and you can name the driver who took the right guard halfway bonus, you'll win a new Pontiac Grand Prix SE as we are now just one lap from racing. So why don't we welcome in the fifth member of our broadcast crew here this afternoon, stationed out on the back straightaway, heading up into turn three, Joe Moore from Hampton, Virginia. Thank you, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. You know, one of the major problems as far as a fan is concerned for watching racing here at Bristol is trying to figure out where to look. There's so many action spots, be it going into turn one, climbing the 36-degree banking, coming off turn two, hitting the short back straightaway, trying to position for a run back up the 36-degree banking in turn three. There's action coming off the turn, action going into the turn, and it's, again, just a problem trying to know where to look. We'll be following it all for you here today, coming off turn and onto this back straightaway where the cars are now getting ready for the set. The lights have just come back on atop that metallic blue Pontiac Grand Prix GTP pace car. So we'll be getting at least another lap to go, and that is now the signal from Doyle Ford atop the flag stand. There are some photographers and others who have encroached on the apron of the racetrack in turn number one, and the NASCAR inspectors are down there right now clearing those folks out of the way and letting them get back into a uh, safer location. Chevrolet has won four of the last five races thus far. They have a very healthy lead in the manufacturer's points, but as far as Bristol Raceway is concerned, four have finished one and two in two of the last three Valleydale 500. So if you're one who is statistically oriented, 
Forge dominate here, but it's Chevrolet that has shown the way over the last number of races early in 1991. Elmo Langley now to pull that Pontiac safety car down the pit road. That front row just itching to get going. Rusty Wallace on the pole. Dale Earnhardt to his outside. We're set for the Valleydale 500. It's going to be interesting to see if Earnhardt will use a little restraint as they come out of the corner. Wallace doesn't even wait. Boy, he punches the throttle, and he is long gone on the start as he hauls it off into turn number one. Three car lengths ahead of almost everybody. Davey Allison pulls down to the inside of the track. He's got the second spot here on the back straightaway. Alan Kowicki goes third. The battle will be for fourth between Earnhardt and Brett Bodine. Boy, Dale Earnhardt said, I hope I can beat Wallace in a turn number one. Earnhardt's not even getting back in line. Back at fifth or sixth position now. will finally tuck in behind the Ricky Red car and just ahead of Mark Martin. That's running back in sixth. Rusty Wallace leads the way, still by three car lengths over Davey Allison. Alan Kowicki next in line. Then a good battle for the fourth spot. Brett Bodine and Ricky Rudder there. And a good battle going on between Jeff Bodine and Ernie Irvin a little further back in the pack. If you get hung in that outside groove in the early going here at Bristol and they close it up, no place to get back in, you're going to lose eight or ten spots. It's as bad as a super speedway. They're back in three. Irvin did lose the position there. He was battling for the 11th spot. He got trapped out of line. Bodine got by and Hunt Strickland also made a move by. The man who's in a jam, though, is Harry Gant. He started in 10th. He's now back in 15th still, and now finally getting back in line, and now it's Jimmy Spencer who can't find a home. Spencer squeezed to the outside of the racetrack. He may lose a spot here to Mickey Gibbs, but though he worked his way back in line going into turn three. Rusty Wallace is still the leader. Riding second now is Davey Allison. He's two car lengths back. It's about an equal distance back to the third-place car of Alan Kowicki over in turn three. In the fourth position is Brett Bodine. Fifth now, Ricky Rudd. Sixth is Dale Earnhardt. Seventh is Mark Martin. Eighth is Rick Mass. Ninth is Jeff Bodine. And tenth is Hutch Strickland. A renewed enthusiasm for Davey Allison's team after their second-place run last week at Darlington. He's closing in on Wallace for the lead. Trying to make the move. Looking to the inside. Coming off turn two, but no chance to do it. As a matter of fact, Wallace gets another car length out in front of Davey Allison going to turn four. Another car that really wants to move up is Ricky. Rudd. He's been working on Brett Bonine for the last seven or eight laps around here, trying to get underneath him. He trails him off into turn number one, takes a look underneath him as they go out of turn two. That's the fourth place battle. Ricky Rudd looked down to the inside of the track. No chance to make the move, so he'll go back into single file as they head to turn three. And it is absolutely single file now, all the way through all 33 cars on this racetrack. Seven of 500 laps are complete in the Valleydale 500. Leaders are on the backstretch. Ricky Rudd's going to make a move here, coming off the corner, trying to get a spot underneath Brett Bodine. He actually bumped Bodine, coming off turn two. Bodine almost got it out of shape, but gathered a car back in. And while that was going on, Kyle Petty got a little bit high down in one and two, and he'll lose two or three more positions as he drops back in the running order. Ernie Irvin beginning to try to move back to the front of the pack. He takes a look underneath Hutt Strickland out of turn two. That's a tenth place battle coming off the second turn here and hitting this back straightaway. Irvin beginning to bang away a bit on the back of Hutt Strickland trying to get him out of shape to make his move. Sterling Marlin is also there. He tries to wait and see if anyone bobbles to make a move. Earnhardt also looking to the inside of Ricky Rudd coming off turn two, but he can't make a pass work there. We are early, just nine laps into the 500 here at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. The man on the move is Ernie Irvin for a moment. He tried the Rebestus Brakes machine of Hutch Strickland. Couldn't make it pay off. Now it's Rudd who's making a move. And the contact is made here. Rudd goes to the inside of Brett Bodine. The two cars come together. They both sort it out, but Rudd gets by, opens the door. There goes Earnhardt, Mark Martin, and Rick Mast. And about four cars are going to scoot by. Brett Bodine as they worked out of turn number four. It was obvious that Ricky Rudd had a little bit quicker car. He just couldn't find the opening. He finally found it out of turn two. Barney, that was a good save by Brett Bodine as well. His car got crossed up there as Rudd got into the side of him, so Bodine must be quite happy just to be still running in the race. Brett Bodine summed up racing at Bristol very nicely. Bristol represents concentration. Without it, you find yourself in trouble. 
or without it, you'll find yourself running awfully slow. It takes concentration to survive and to run fast at Bristol. Well, whether the concentration is there or not, Brett settled back into eighth position right now on the 13th of 500 laps. The leaders are in front of Joe Moore. Rusty Wallace still out in front, still maintaining a three-car link lead over Davey Allison. Five car links back to Alan Kowicki, and then a whopping ten car links back to Ricky Rudd. Unusual to see three cars break away this quick in the early going at Bristol, Tennessee, like we're watching here right now. But it's not unusual to see these drivers tuck in single file and run the first ten or 20 laps that way until they feel out the racing surface. Now, this racetrack has changed drastically from the first time they practiced here Friday until today. Bobby Hamilton's car is slowing in the front straightaway as he came down on the apron of the racetrack. Here's Ernie Irvin diving underneath Jeff Bodine. A good battle going on in turn number one. They make a little contact getting into the turn. Irvin's got the bite coming off the corner. He's got the favorite groove, and he will get by Jeff Bodine. Bodine now will face a challenge of his teammate, Sterling Marlin, down to the inside of Bodine. That's back at ninth spot where Irvin grabs ninth, tends to Sterling, and Bodine nearly finds the wall. He smoked the tires hard to stay out of the retaining wall, but Jeff's out of line, and he can't get back in. Loses another position as Kenny Schrader goes to the inside of the racetrack. We are seeing some tire smoke from the left front on Bodine's car, although he is still up to speed. Caution is on the speedway. We understand there is some oil on the racetrack, apparently from Bobby Hamilton's automobile that dropped down on the apron of the racetrack, and the first yellow flag of the day will come out at lap number 17. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Getting set to go back to green flag racing. The odd-numbered or odd-qualified cars to the inside. The evens to the outside. To the front row is now Rusty Wallace alongside Ricky Rudd. Meanwhile, Bobby Hamilton's car is behind the wall. A quick update. Bobby Hamilton, you're behind the wall. What's wrong? Well, it looks like we broke something in the rear end. I'm not real sure. We know it's something in the drive train. We're going to work on it and try to get back out. That's Bobby Hamilton from Nashville, Tennessee. Field up for a double-file restart. Pace car about to pull off the banking up in turn number four. Rusty Wallace down to the inside. Ricky Run on the outside. Back in row two are Davey Allison and Dale Earnhardt. Not too much difference from the way they started here earlier this afternoon as the green flag goes up into the air. Rudd gets the jump on that restart. Pulls out in front all by himself as they hit turn number one. Wallace hangs back in the number two position. Earnhardt is third. Davey Allison's fourth. Back in the fifth position now. The Mark Martin car. Alan Kowicki in sixth. Ernie Irvin on the move. He's back in the seventh spot. He's holding up Rick Mast. One car goes high in the banking. That's Hunt Strickland, but he gathers it back in. He used his Raybestos brakes to their best effectiveness as he really jammed on them to stay out of the wall that time. He's back in line. Hutch Strickland is falling in behind Jeff Bodine and just ahead of Mickey Gibbs. The front two pulling away. Ricky Rudd is the race leader just ahead of Rusty Wallace on the 24th lap, and they hold that position back into turn two. Wallace looks to the inside of Rudd, though, coming to turn two. No chance to make a move, so he'll go back in single file. They've broken away by five car lengths over the third-place battle. That's where Earnhardt and Davey Allison sit. 
Off turn number four, Rusty Wallace goes to the inside. He grabs the lead away from Ricky Rudd. I was about to say, two totally different driving styles among the first and second place cars. Rusty just slings the car all over the racetrack and makes it work, and Rudd is just so smooth. They're back in turn three. So again, it's Wallace leading the way. Rudd sits in the second spot. Third is Earnhardt. Fourth now, Davey Allison. Mark Martin sits in the fifth position. Sixth is Alan Kowicki. Seventh will be the Ernie Irvin car. Eighth is Rick Mass. Ninth is Brett Bodine. In the tenth spot now, Sterling Marlin. Everybody single file here on the back stretch, headed back to turn three. Further back in the field, as a matter of fact, running last on the racetrack, that's the Derek Cope car showing a little tire smoke each time he works his way through. Whether there's maybe a fender caved in just a bit on one of those good years, tough to tell. But it is still single file, 26 of 500 laps here at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. Glad you're with us on MRN Radio. Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall. Joe Moore covering the action in the turns. Our pit reporters are Jim Phillips and Dick Brooks. Our engineer today is Harry Howard and Rusty Wallace leads to the backstretch. Wallace still with about a three-car length lead over Ricky Rudd. Good battle among Fords. Back for the fifth spot. Mark Martin is there. Alan Kowicki looks to the inside of Martin. They've made contact a couple of times since they went back to green just a moment ago. Ernie Irvin is also locked up in that good tight battle as they work back into turns one and two. Martin leads that particular pack of cars. Again, he's the fifth place machine. Kowicki's been trying to get some ground underneath him. They have made contact several times. Ernie Irvin and Rick Mass just waiting for the lane to open up. Those cars holding their positions. As a matter of fact, again, there's nobody out of line. Davey Allison, who was challenging for the lead before, now back in fourth spot. He's driving Fido here this weekend, and that car is anything but a dog. That's the car he drove so well at Darlington last week. Matter of fact, it's the same car he won with here a year ago in what is still to this very day the closest margin of victory in NASCAR history, just inches over Mark Martin. He's on the backstretch. Everybody again single file. One car having a hard time in the turns, and Eli called attention to that early this afternoon. One car spins off the corner. It is the Dick Trickle car. He collects Bobby Hillen Jr. Also, Michael Waltrip involved here on the back straightaway. Caution is on a speedway. Going into the corner, Trickle's car just broke loose. The rear end came around, and a lot of drivers did a good piece of execution not to get into that. And we're seeing a lot of smoke out of Bobby Hillen's car and a lot of damage to the front end of that machine. Two cars still resting on the apron of the racetrack out of turn number two. That's Dick Trickle and Michael Waltrip. Let's go back to Joe Moore. Rick Wilson got quite a bit of damage to his machine as he still limps around the racetrack. Now Michael Waltrip spins his Pennzoil Pontiac around. He refires that machine. Trickle as well. Looks like damage was minimal here. We're calling attention before that crash to one car having some handling problems. That's the mellow yellow Pontiac of Kyle Petty. His car's been pushing up the banking since the start of the race this afternoon. And obviously some work he's going to have to do on that machine. That is the second caution flag of the afternoon. It comes out on lap 31. We'll take a break, and we'll be back to Bristol in a minute. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market, performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top-tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank. You can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. 
getting set to go back to green. We've seen pit service for Richard Petty's car. Also Terry Labonte. And we told you about that smoke from Derek Cope. They worked on the right front of the Purelator Chevrolet to get the sheet metal squared away there. We're going back to work again with Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd on the front roll for this restart. Pace car goes in behind the pit wall. Green flag goes up in the air. They're going to race it off into turn number one. A moment ago, Rudd got a good jump. He won't do it this time. And Rusty will zip back out front and reassume the lead. Rudd drops back to second. Single file out of turn two. Davey Allison rides third as one car smokes coming off the corner. It's Dick Trickle's machine well back in the pack. The leaders, meanwhile, up in turn four. Dick Trickle was running 19th when he had that spin coming off the corner and still extensive problems to the left rear. Now spinning is Labonte at the back of the field coming off turn four. He spins while Michael Waltrip and Richard Petty do fine bit of driving to get by. We remain under green. There is no caution flag as Labonte really did the high spin coming off the number four corner and he has continued around. Now Earnhardt's in the wall and turn number two. Earnhardt's in the wall. Spinning is Sterling Marlin. He'll tag Earnhardt. Kyle Petty goes through the infield while Dick Trickle tags the Bobby Hillen car lightly. We are under caution now. Caution for the third time this afternoon as Earnhardt spun on the 38th lap in turn numbers one and two and the car is still sitting on the low side of the racetrack. Earnhardt was third hitting with Sterling Marlin, who was eighth at the time of the incident. And there is some damage to Earnhardt's car. It is resting on the apron of the track, facing traffic head-on. This race is under caution for the third time this afternoon. It comes out in a hurry right now. Earnhardt now begins to move as he has the car fired, backing it up, and will try to get into his, into his pits and see how much damage he has suffered on that machine. But he definitely has some sheet metal bent on his car. He's going to back all the way through the infield and come in that access road right behind the concession stands. I'm not sure what the ruling is going to be on that, but he is trying to get it into his pits where he is pitting right down going into turn number one. Let's go to the pit road. Well, he has a lot of damage to the rear end, Barney. Lots of damage to the spoiler section of his automobile. It looked like he hit the ball head on with the rear section of his car. The sheet metal on the side is all right. He's got a lot of damage to the right front of the machine. Of course, the tow wind will probably be knocked out. A lot of damage to the air dam underneath. The front end is knocked down on the machine. The right front tire is flat, but Earnhardt should be able to continue. Sterling Marlin's car is being attended to also as his team comes over the wall. They're taking a look at that machine. He lightly bumped together with Earnhardt down on the apron of the racetrack. Didn't suffer near the damage that Earnhardt's car did, but Dale has considerable damage to the Goodwrench machine. Is now behind the pit wall, and they're working on the car. You know who was really lucky, too, was Kyle Petty when that car came spinning off the banking. He went through a little dirt area that separates the racetrack from the infield, and that car was not really under control. He was kind of broad sliding through and never made contact to speak of. There is some damage to the uh, mellow yellow car, and here it comes now to the attention of the crew here on the front pit area, and let's see what work they do on that car. Let's cover the Kyle Petty step. They'll go to the right side of that automobile now. Looks to be fairly routine as far as the mellow yellow team is concerned. Back to pit road. Let's see if we get a word from Dale Earnhardt. Dale, what happened? What happened? Last car didn't throw the caution for at all, and I got in it and spun out. So he got in some oil over there and spun out and hit the wall. Earnhardt out of the car as they are around the car as they continue to work on it, hopefully trying to get him back into the race. We're seeing some more pit stops coming up here just a moment ago. Dick Trickle brought his car back to pit road. Bill Elliott had his machine. He is pitting in the back straightaway. And Sterling Marlin, now as he pulls down pit road, we can see he did take a real hard lick yeah. to the back of that race car. And the sheet metal is severely bent in on Sterling Marlin's car. We'll take a break and we'll be back in a minute. The NASCAR season is here and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? 
clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Back with you at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. Back in 1977, Dick Brooks finished second here at this racetrack. That's not going to be the fate for the uh, Rick Wilson car today. He's behind the wall, Dick. Yeah, Rick's got quite a bit of damage to the front of his car. Like he rear-ended something. Dick, what happened? Well, we, we were running there in line, and uh, Bobby Hill was in front of me and Dick Trickle, and for some reason, Dick Trickle just turned sideways. I don't know if he got hit or whatever, and somebody popped me in the rear end, and I had nowhere to go. You know, the car was sitting there inside. A car was sitting there in the racetrack dead sideways. Somebody lit the, you know, the tires up, smoked everything. I couldn't see and just hit them. You think you'll get back in? Oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get back in and make all the laps we can for the Snickers Buick. Well, they're a determined team. They've got a lot of work to do. There's a lot of damage to the front of that car. The Sterling Marlin car, uh, number 22 Maxwell House car, has uh, got quite a bit of damage to the rear end of it. It's all pushed down in the back. The car looks like the chassis may be pretty well on it if there's not some serious damage underneath it, but the sheet metal's bad. The spoiler's pushed down on it, so it's going to uh, certainly take a lot of weight off the rear. It has a droop tail on that car, so to speak. Green flag is back on the field. Again, they race off into turn number one, and Ricky Rudd will get the good jump this time. Goes right back out front all by himself. The battle's going to be back there for third. Ernie Irvin works on the outside of Alan Kowicki, and Irvin gets around to grab the spot from Kowicki. That all goes single file now back to turn three. Rusty Wallace wants the lead. He'll aim that Pontiac down low, and he'll just zip to the inside of Ricky Rudd and grab the lead here in the Valleydale 500. Rudd is now second, Davey Allison third. Another car that got out of line and is losing positions in wholesale fashion is Mark Martin. He had restarted at about the seventh position. He's lost about four spots and is about to lose another one in turn three. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Tell you, these restarts are really hurting a lot of cars. If you get caught in that outside groove all by yourself. Trouble, trouble in turn three. One car goes to the outside wall. It's lake speed of the Trop Arctic Pontiac. The car looped around the tail end, hit the outside wall. Everyone was able to get by. Caution on the speedway immediately. It comes out at lap 48. Dick the car that Dick Trickle vacated has just slammed into the wall with Lake Speed aboard and looking at it as it goes by. See a little sheet metal damage to the rear end. Doesn't appear to be that serious as he works back over toward Joe Moore. Looked like he just lost control of the car going into the corner, trying to make the turn. The complete, the back end came around. It tagged the outside retaining wall. Nowhere near the amount of damage that was done to Earnhardt's car when he did a similar move up in turn three, or turn two a little earlier this afternoon. But uh, Lake Speed is able to continue as he falls into the tail end of the field. Dale Earnhardt, meanwhile, has just now returned. He is 11 laps down, running in 31st position. You get around this racetrack in 16 and a half, 17 seconds, so you can see even how uh, the quickest of stops will cost you a handful or a dozen laps. In Earnhardt's case, he is now 11 laps down. 
Today's broadcast of the Valleydale 500 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Bristol International Raceway to MRN Radio solely for the private non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. Field forming up again for a double file restart over in turn number two. We're about to say just a moment ago before that caution came out of how much problem the cars in that outside line are having on restarts. If they just tuck it up real tight down to the inside, you're going to lose. It looks like a super speedway and getting knocked out of the draft or whatever, and guys are really going backwards. Out of turn number four, pace car. The light's still on, and apparently they're going to make one more lap. Let's, Let's go to pit road. Bill Elliott's in for right side tires on his Coors Light Ford. They put two right side tires on, and now Lake Speed is in. A lot of damage to the rear of that machine. The rear end is caved in and down. Looks like the back uh, frame rails have been knocked down on the Lake Speed machine. They're putting on four brand new tires, and he'll be on his way. Lake Speed, though, happy to be back uh, at the racetrack. Didn't run many laps last week at Darlington before the engine expired on the Trop Arctic machine. Dale Earnhardt comes back down pit road to the attention of the crew there, trying to get himself back in racing trim. The Rick Wilson car back on the racetrack now. He is 14 laps down, running in 32nd spot. So only Bobby Hamilton remaining behind the wall as we get set to go back to green on the 51st lap. Pontiac pace car pulls out of the banking in turn number four. Again, that double file restart. Wallace down to the inside. Ricky run on the outside. Let's see who gets the jump this time. Green flag goes up. They'll go into the corner door to door, but that won't last long as Rusty moves out front all by himself. Wallace holds the line. The battle, though, behind him for the second spot as Davey Allison goes to work on Ricky Rudd. Davey alongside, but going to turn three. Rudd jumps out and takes second. So those cars hold their positions right now. Davey Allison third, Ernie Irvin fourth, Kowicki fifth, Ken Schrader is sixth. The good battle is for seventh. Rick Mast has the groove inside of Jimmy Spencer. Spencer's trapped in the outside lane. He's going to lose the spot here as Alan Kowicki gets by. Kenny Schrader gets by, and Schrader involved in a crash. In turn three, he collects Kowicki. Kowicki is able to drive away. Rick Mast and Mark Martin all get on the binders. A little bit of damage to Schrader's car, but everyone drives off. No really serious damage in that collision up there. There was about seven cars that could have really got wrinkled up very badly. They jammed on the binders. As Schrader goes off into the corner, he's going to have the most serious damage on his car. We take a look at that left rear quarter panel, and quite a bit of sheet metal is shredded on his machine over there in the backstretch. A couple, couple pieces of metal are laid on the racetrack here in turn three, Barney, and as Schrader comes by us, we're seeing some smoke where obviously a piece of the body is rubbing along that uh, left rear tire. Just think, too, that in 1971, this race was run caution-free. It's almost uh, incomprehensible how that managed to happen. Here's pit service now. Brett Bodine is in to the attention of his crew. Kenny Schrader also in now. Let's get an update from the front pit area. Well, I think Schrader's car is probably going to be salvageable. It's got the left rear been up on it. He didn't go off the racetrack anywhere. He just uh, got involved with another car. They're going to be able to cut the sheet metal away from it. The problem, One of the problems they're going to have with it is that it got right where the... Uh, fuel filler neck is and uh, they're going to have maybe a little problem fueling the car but I think they'll get that car back underway and it should be in pretty good shape uh, Brett Bodine's car is just uh, it's got a couple uh, straight pieces on it someplace I don't know but uh, he's back on the racetrack now we're working lap 55. Caution is on the speedway. Earnhardt peels off the banking and will bring his car back on pit road. Ricky Rudd is a leader. We'll be back Citywide to countryside whatever you drive, wherever you go Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. 
There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. We are about two laps away from going back to green here at Bristol. Ricky Rudd being posted alongside Rusty Wallace at the head of the field. Meanwhile, Jeff Bodine has been back in again in that Budweiser Ford for repairs. Jim Phillips? They've got a lot of damage to Jeff Bodine's car. Junior Johnson, how much damage do you have to the Budweiser Ford? Well, the grill's just been up on it. I don't think there's anything other than that. Sterling's chassis has been all up. I don't, I don't know what that'll turn out to be. That's Junior Johnson, car owner for Jeff Bodine. They still have a lot of work to do on that car when they get a chance. We're just sitting here in the booth talking about when it rains, it really pours, or how it has lately on Junior Johnson's two teams. They started on the on the front row at Darlington and had problems with both of the cars uh, off and on throughout the day, and it comes early for them here at Bristol this weekend. Indication, one lap, and this race will go back to green. At the head of the pack right now, Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd up on the front row. Davey Allison and Ernie Irvin are back in third and fourth position. Fifth and sixth should be Alan Kowicki right now. And Jimmy Spencer is a lineup behind the pace car out of turn number two, getting ready to go back to a restart. These double-file restarts have really given a lot of drivers an awful problem, particularly the guys in that outside lane. It's an interesting situation, though. Sometimes if a man jumps quickly in the... Uh, technically, the man on the outside lane is the man in the control seat, if you will, on these restarts. So it should, uh, I guess, technically, the way the paper reads, that should be uh, the advantage position, but it's not necessarily been that way. Pace car is gone. We're going back to green again. Green flag in the air. Ricky Rudd again gets... The, they've been rotating he, himself and Wallace as to who gets the jump on those restarts and takes over the lead as they work out of turn number two. It'll be Rudd. This time, Rudd gets around and takes the spot. Further back in the field, some problems for Richard Petty. His car is not coming up to speed. Now one car gets into the side of Petty here on the back straightaway. Now they get it rolling here, headed towards turn three. That was strange looking for Richard Petty. There were all sorts of puffs of smoke. What looked to be coming out of the header pipes there. The car just would not come up to speed as though it were loading up on him or something. But now Richard seems to be running well and not the, the least little sign of a problem. Let's go to pit road. Eli Richards was down underneath a couple other cars. He got to the end. There was no place to go on the racetrack. He was on the apron, so he slammed the brakes on, and that was tire smoke. When he got it sorted out, he was ready to go. Richard Petty drops all the way back to the tail end of the field. Meanwhile, at the front of the pack, Ricky Rudd is in a tight battle back there with Davey Allison for the second spot. He just lost it. Rusty Wallace is the leader. Fourth right now is Ernie Irvin. Fifth is Alan Kowicki. Single file, turn two. Ernie Irvin back in the fourth spot. will draw a line on Rudd. Try to get underneath that car coming off turn two, but the move won't work. Single file. The front 20 cars down to turn three. One car that's managed to keep its nose clean is Dale Jarrett. He has picked his way up now to the eighth position on the racetrack right behind Hutch Strickland trying to challenge him for a position if he can in turn two. Jarrett's turning the heat up, trying to get a line underneath the Hutt Strickland car. He won't be able to make the move now, but still stays inches off the rear deck of Hutt Strickland. And this time on that restart, most of the cars were able to find a place to run and tuck back in single file, so at this juncture, nobody has at least hung out to dry. Rusty Wallace is the leader. Davey Allison rides second. Ricky Rudd is third. Fourth is Ernie Irvin. Back to turn three. Wallace has about three car links on Davey Allison now. Allison by two car links over Ricky Rudd. Then they're stacked up bumper to bumper for fourth, fifth, and sixth. Interesting driving to watch at the back of the field, not running uh, uh, up to either's liking, but Mickey Gibbs moments ago is battling with Jeff Bodine, tries it again, and Mickey got into the side of Bodine's car unintentionally, and Jeff showed the experience he had. He just wrestled that car back under control and yanked it as it was heading towards the wall in turn number four, and they have straightened themselves out yet again. 68 laps are complete.
feet. Wallace shows the way. And a change of position back for the ninth spot. Harry Gant did it last lap in getting by the Chad Little car. And Gant now is reeling in Dale Jarrett. And Bobby Hamilton brings his car back into the race as he is down on the apron of the racetrack. Tell you who's really moving up is Morgan Shepard. Morgan started back about 26th position and currently should be running about 12th in the field as they work back to turn three. He's bearing down now on the machine of Joe Rutman here on the back straightaway. Pulled the Ford to the inside of Rutman, but quickly had to get back in line as they hit turn three. Bobby Hamilton is 54 laps down. They are posting him in 32nd position right now. Rusty Wallace, who leads the race, is also the leader in the True Value Hard Charger contest with points going to those drivers in positions one through five on each and every lap of the race. Rusty continues to lead the True Value Hard Charger competition. The leader goes out of turn number two. That's Rusty Wallace. Has the biggest advantage we've seen today over in turn three. Harry Gant's a guy who's really picking up some steam, picking his way through traffic now. He had pulled up alongside Hunt Strickland just coming off turn two. Had to quickly get back in line. For now, Gant holds on to that eighth position. Morgan Shepard again will knock off one more spot as he comes off turn number four, has moved up a little bit closer to the front of the pack, and at this moment he has one of the best running race cars on the speedway. Dale Earnhardt's car is back out there, badly damaged in the front. Earnhardt way off the pace, along with Lake Speed's machine. Those two cars just kind of limping around this racetrack, so to speak, as the leader bears down on those two in turn three. Rusty Wallace less than five car lengths behind those lap cars going back to turn three. His lead over Davey Allison still some five car lengths. Charles the field comes back to the stripe. Rusty Wallace works to the outside of Lake Speed, putting him another lap down. He'll close it on Dale Earnhardt, trying to put the GM Goodwrench another lap down. Earnhardt drops to the inside of the racetrack, allows Rusty that outside racing line. He'll go around and quickly get by Earnhardt here in turn four. And there is caution for a piece of debris directly beneath the flag stand here on the main straightaway. So on lap number 75, we are under caution again. 24 cars remain on the lead lap. Caution this time for debris directly beneath the flag stand here at Bristol Raceway. 79 laps are complete of 500. Ricky Rudd leads the Valleydale 500 here at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. Rusty Wallace, though, wants the lead, and he'll swing to the inside of Rudd and use that momentum built up on the back straightaway to reassume the lead. I tell you, Rusty's got some horses under that hood. He's also got some horses, and he's got... Trouble! Ooh, a hard hit here in turn four. Derek Cope had something go wrong with the car because it veers off the middle of the racetrack and crams the outside retaining wall, then careens back across across the track to a stop tail first to the inside retaining wall. Barney, we've seen that happen here so many times. I remember Kenny Schrader a number of years ago, Rusty Wallace in practice. Derek Cope, who was running 13th, he was running by himself, it looked like, and the car just broke to the outside and really crammed that outside retaining wall awfully hard. Seen a lot of serious crashes out of turn number four many, many times here at Bristol. His car now comes to rest down against the inside pit wall, damaged heavily on both ends. Bill Elliott also came through that and looked like they made a little contact. Couldn't tell how much damage it did to Bill Elliott's car, but he was very close to that also as caution came onto the speedway, and this will be the seventh one, and we've completed only 81 laps. That's right. We just see Derek Cope now from our vantage point unhooking the safety gear and climbing from the race car. He will walk across the pit wall by himself and wait to the attention of the safety crews and so on. But it was a, a tough, tough hit on lap number 
80 officially as we are under caution again for the Derek Cope problem. We were mentioning earlier that uh, back a number of years ago, we saw a ton of uh, caution flags here. We saw 20 caution flags in the Valleydale 500 in April of 1989. So it is not unusual to see uh, multiple stops at this type of a racetrack. So on the 82nd lap, we are under caution. Next weekend, it's another short track for you. The North Wilkesboro Speedway for the first Union 400. MRN will be on the air next Sunday at excuse me, at 12.45 Eastern Time. That is next Sunday for the first Union 400 at 12.45 Eastern Time. Saturday we'll have a pit road preview for you beginning at 4.30 in the afternoon and our weekend long coverage starts with the Bush Pole Show Friday at 10 minutes after 3. So, hope you can make your plans to join us, be it on the radio right here on your favorite MRN station, or better yet, in person. The ticket offices are open right now, and I know Enoch Staley is awfully proud of the expansion plans and the expansion that's already taken place at North Wilkesboro. Well, they've added an awful lot of new seats in the last couple of years, and they've added some 3,000-plus for this race. And as you said, that's one of the best racetracks we go to. Short track action, much like we're seeing here this afternoon. An awful lot of things go on. And we'll be down at North Wilkesboro next weekend. We're under caution here for the seventh time this afternoon. And at this rate, we're sitting here figuring in 500 laps. If we average seven every 100 laps, we're going to have a bunch. Let's go Marty, to pit road. Marty, there's a problem here for Dick Trickle. He just come in for a pit stop, was trying to beat the field back out onto the racetrack. And the left rear tire has completely come off the car. The r- left front tire is bowed in. And the car sits down here on the apron of the racetrack at the exit of the back pit road. Not been a good day for Dick no, Trickle, along with a lot of other cars. Now Derek Cope's car has been hooked up to the wrecker. They'll take it in behind the pit wall. Several drivers have had problems, spent time behind the pit wall making repairs and have come back onto the racetrack. We understand that Brett Bodine is now back in the lineup. He is being shown down some 25 laps. Dale Earnhardt spent a lot of time. He lost 11 laps on that encounter earlier this afternoon. He is back on the racetrack some 11 laps down. Rick Wilson's machine has been damaged and has gone back into the race, and Bobby Hamilton has been in and out behind the pit wall also, but now is back on the racetrack several laps behind. Boy, what a strange day it has already been. Quick reminder, folks, that the right guard halfway challenge is coming up sometime today. We're at 84 laps right now. 250, of course, makes up the halfway point, and $20,000 this weekend going to the driver leading at the halfway lap. You might remember that last weekend, the driver who led it halfway was not participating in the right guard halfway challenge. So those monies have been added together with this weekend's payoff, and $20,000 goes to the driver leading it halfway. But one of you listening in at home could also win that new Pontiac Grand Prix SE. To enter the contest, just call 1-900-226-6600. You must call before the halfway lap, and later today, one entry will be drawn at random and called at home. And if you're called back and you can tell us the driver who took the right guard bonus at halfway, you'll win a new Pontiac Grand Prix. Now remember, the call does cost you 95 cents. There's no purchase necessary. You must be at least 18 years of age to enter. Void where prohibited. So to enter today's contest for the Right Guard Halfway Challenge, the number again is 1-900-226-6600. We understand that uh, Bill Elliott's car has had uh, uh, apparently suffered a little damage also and may be behind the wall over there. We'll get a report on that as quickly as we can. It's going to be a long caution. We are now at lap 86 as Dick Trickle's car is being attended to up in the middle of turns three and four. They're trying to get it back to get it around. A wrecker is moving in behind that machine right now. And cautions galore here, the first uh, less than 100 laps complete. And already, as I said, we have had seven caution flags. So it's been a kind of a crazy day. The leader right now under this caution is Rusty Wallace. Ricky Rudd is second. Davey Allison is third. Ernie Irvin is fourth. 
fifth is Jimmy Spencer. Alan Kulwicki is sixth. Hut Strickland is seventh. Chad Little being posted up in the eighth position. Harry Gant would be ninth, and Joe Rutman round out the top ten. We've seen so many accidents in the early going, that, as we said at the beginning of the broadcast, not many one-car pileups here at Bristol. If somebody gets in trouble, at least two or three and sometimes four cars are going to get a piece of it. But there are some good drivers who have learned how to get around this racetrack, and we'll follow up on that thought in a moment. But right now, let's go to Jim Phillips. Well, Derek Cope has come out of the hospital first. You all right, Derek? Yes, I am. I tell you, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, though, because we finally got the car working. You know, we, we had struggles there early, and, uh, God, I, I just started working on the outside, and I was starting to get excited. It was a hard crash. What happened? Well, the throttle hung open. Uh, I was working the outside there with Michael, and, you know, we were, we were standing hooked up on the outside, and all of a sudden the throttle just hung wide open, and I jumped on the brakes, tried to stop it, but I hit the wall. Well, Derek Cope is okay to race another day. Thoughts of Derek Cope right there. You know, we were talking about drivers who do get around this racetrack. Well, Davey Allison is one of those who doesn't often have major problems here. Davey's running third again this afternoon. How do you learn how to drive this racetrack so well, Davey? I get myself into a rhythm here at Bristol, and, and I try to build up to it slowly. I don't try to go out and blast around the racetrack the first time I get here. I, I try to orient myself to the place, and and I see where, how far the car will go into the corner after a few laps and where I need to be picking the throttle up. And then I put all that together and come up with a rhythm that I need for the race. Thoughts of Davey Allison, who's working well now. A strong third-place position behind Rusty Wallace, the leader, and Ricky Rudd in second. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, this is Jim Phillips over with Bill Elliott behind them all. Bill, what happened? Well, the 10 car looked like he broke a tire rod or blew a tire or something. And he went out and hit the wall. And I... And he just came down and got me. You know, there was a but not a thing I could do. I was just kind of in the middle there. Kind of, what kind of damage do you have? Well, it tore up the right side pretty bad, and they're going to try to fix it and get it back going again. That's Bill Elliott as he sits behind the wall. They work on the Coors Light Ford. Well, they had given the indication they were going right back to green. Now that has changed. They will make one more lap as that wrecker had to get back into position before they put these cars back to green flag racing. Again, Rusty Wallace down on the inside. Ricky Rudd down on the outside. They'll be posting Rudd, the leader. Uh, the outside cars here uh, this afternoon due to this pit change, the odd and even pitting, will change the outside groove to, as Eli pointed out a little bit earlier, they are controlling this race, so to speak, on the restarts. And it's been really a problem for some of the cars behind that front row to get tucked back in real quick because you get into the corners so fast here at Bristol, unless you've got a position going in there, you're going to lose some spots. Pace car takes them over to turn three. Second row is Davey Allison and Ernie Irvin. Then it's Alan Kowicki and Jimmy Spencer all lined up, ready to go back under the green flag. That Pontiac machine pulls off the banking in turn number four. Real slow restart. That doesn't last very long. They let the clutch out, really shove the throttle down, and Ricky Rudd races off into turn number one ahead of Rusty Wallace this time. Front four, single file. The battle's back for fifth place. One guard on the outside is Jimmy Spencer trying to gain some ground on Hutt Strickland. Now trying to get in line behind Alan Kowicki. Kowicki holds the spot. Spencer goes up the banking. Strickland still alongside him. Hutt forcing the issue there just a little bit as Spencer climbs the banking. Here's the lead now for Rusty Wallace over Ricky Rudd. And the leaders are bearing down on the Dick Trickle car. Ailing as it is. And Trickle now will be shown the black flag as he worked his way around the pace car on that restart moments ago. So Dick Trick will be going back to the pit lane. 92 laps complete. Wallace leads off turn two. Ricky Rudd is second. Davey Allison third. Fourth is Ernie Irvin and fifth now. Alan Kowicki, all those single file. The 
battle for six. Still Strickland and Jimmy Spencer. Strickland tags Spencer. He goes way up the banking. Strickland and Harry Gant get by. Man, Jimmy Spencer's going to lose at least two spots. He may lose three as he got knocked out of the groove going off into the corner. Now he finally gets tucked back in at about eighth position. Wallace, the leader, back in three. Harry Gant's on the move, going to work on Hunt Strickland back from about the fifth position. Gant puts it to the inside of the track. He tries again in turn four. Here comes the field, back off turn number four to the stripe, 94 laps. Everybody watching that Jimmy Spencer, Chad Little get together in turn number two. Spencer trying to get around the Tyson machine. Down to the inside of the racetrack goes Jimmy Spencer, but Chad Little beats him to the corner. Meanwhile, there's a change for the lead. Ricky Rudd grabbed the lead underneath Rusty Wallace coming through the corner, and all of a sudden Wallace's car may be in trouble. He is hung in that outside lane. It doesn't seem to be up to speed at all, and he has dropped back to fifth place. They're back in turn three. Three cars get by Rusty Wallace, but now he seems to be back up the speed, falling in line. Maybe not. Harry Gant closes in on Wallace. No, there's something wrong with Rusty's car still. Harry Gant closing in now to just a half car length down, and Gant will try and pass Wallace to the outside if he can. Wallace's car pushes up the banking a bit. Gant's not quite able to get by. He looks to the inside, but now Wallace seems to be back up to speed again. Gant tags him here at turn number three, and will try to move around to the outside. Let's go to the pit road. Well, I think Rusty Wallace has a flat tire. I think the right front, front is flat, so they're going to have to bring him in here momentarily. They have the tires up on the pit wall. They're ready. Meanwhile, Ken Schrader's car having some problems moments ago down the back straightaway. He straightens out, having been beaten and banged around in traffic just a little bit. Those cars coming back off turn four to the stripe while the leaders work to three. Ricky Rudd leads the way. Davey Allison rides in the second spot. Ernie Irvin is third. Fourth is Alan Kowicki. Now up to fifth is Harry Gant. And back in sixth is Hut Strickland. Back in seventh position is Jimmy Spencer. In eighth is Chad Little. Ninth is Kyle Petty. And rounding out the top ten right now should be Michael Waltrip. They are posting 99 laps on the scoreboard, completing 100 laps this time around as we see smoke coming out of a couple of cars out of turn number two. That's Mickey Gibbs coming off the banking, a little bit of smoke out of the right side as he really was taking the car a little bit too high, binding it up and trying to get around the Mark Martin car. He did make that move. Well, here comes Rusty Wallace. He could not drop back any further. He was all the way back to 14th position. Jimmy Maycar and the crew will check it out. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Well, they're going to change all four tires to, just to make sure because these tires will not go as far as the gas stop. It's probably 165 to 170 laps. We're on lap 101 right now. They get the right side changed. They fire around the left side. Jimmy Maycar and Eddie Dickerson, Jay Smith working on the left rear. They finally get the car up. It's going to be a lengthy stop for Rusty Wallace, but the crew now has his tires on it. His jack is down, and he is away. Two weeks in a row, Rusty Wallace might have had the car to beat at Darlington and could have had it to beat here today the way he was getting around this racetrack, but now he's had an extended stay on pit road. Caution is on the speedway, and apparently it will again be for debris. Exactly, Barney. There's debris on the racetrack in a couple of locations. One piece came off Kenny Schrader's car up in turn number three. There's another piece of debris on the racetrack as well. So on the 103rd lap, we are under caution for the eighth time this afternoon. The race being led by Ricky Rudd. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification. Back at the Bristol International Raceway under caution and a about three or four cars electing to get in onto this first caution flag here. Let's cover some of those pit stops. Alan Kowicki is going to pit down toward the beginning of turn number one. They go to the right side on Alan Kowicki's car. They're going to change the tires. A lot of these teams probably will just go ahead and change the tires. All four of them at one time to get the stagger right because we are running the bias fly tires here. The right side work is complete. They come around. Danny Glad with a jack around at the left side on the Hooters Ford of Alan Kowicki. And I think there's more pit stops down on Nick Brooks is in. 
Well, Davey Allison came in to change tires on his car, as they did uh, Hud Strickland and uh, Brett Bodine's in. They're working on uh, the left side of his car. They didn't change tires on it. They're just doing some work on the left side, trying to get the left rear fender off the tire. On the back pit area, Bobby Hamilton has parked his car again. The hood has gone up on the country time cars. The field gets the one-to-go signal. After another visit to the garage area, Rick Wilson has just now returned and back on uh, the pit lane. Other cars just checking in for quick stops. Bobby Hillen has been on and off the back pit road for service here on the 105th lap. Still, it is Ricky Rudd leading the race. Rusty Wallace leads the True Value Hard Charger battle. That was, of course, the points that he has amassed all day long, even prior and including the pit stop of moments ago. Rudd is second in the True Value points with Davey Allison third. Good run for Chad Little here today. He currently is being posted in the number two position with a new sponsorship with the Tyson Foods folks, and he's having a great run at Bristol. Pontiac Pace Car about to get off the banking in turn number four and go behind that pit wall and the way they've been spinning and crashing here lately, I don't blame them. We're under green. Ricky Rudd up through the gearbox in a hurry. Takes it down into turn number one on the break. He'll get away by three car lengths from Ernie Irvin, who has now moved up into the second spot. Irvin makes a move around Chad Little. Little falls in line in the third spot. Fourth is Michael Walter. Fifth now, Harry Gant and Jimmy Spencer in the sixth position. Cars sort themselves out. Joe Rutman will tuck back in line next ahead of Kyle Petty's machine. Ted Musgrave is the next car being posted, and he is on the lead lap being shown in the eighth spot. Everybody going single file except way back at the tail end of the field. A couple of lap cars running to the outside of some of the faster cars. Richard Petty, Davey Allison have made a stop. He's racing alongside the Darrell Walter machine. And Rusty Wallace, who is at least a couple of laps or more behind this field, is back in the middle of the pack trying to get back up front and pick up some of those laps if he can. The car seems to be running real well right now as Ricky Rudd takes him back into turn number three. They are showing Rusty two laps down to the lead car, Ricky Rudd. As they work back into turn number one, the closest battle on the racetrack will be back for third place. That's where Michael Walters trying to gain some ground on Chad Little. He had pulled dead even with Little last time coming off turn two. This time he won't even make a shot at it as he falls in line and goes single file to turn three. Now remember, Michael Waltrip is not being shown on the lead lap. He is some one, he is one lap down at this point in 22nd position, but he is trying to get back close to the front and get back on the lead lap if he can. Little goes up the banking a bit too high coming off turn two. Michael Waltrip almost got a shot at him, but he falls in line. Now in turn three, Michael pulls to the inside. He got a fender alongside Chad Little just for a second. That doesn't last very long. So Harry Gantz says, I want you to move over. I want to try to get up there. Harry currently is riding fourth. We'll take a break, and we'll be back in a minute. Here at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee, while the front two cars have pulled away, that's Ernie Irvin now leading Ricky Rudd. There's some great battling midway through the field, particularly Mark Martin and Ken Schrader. Martin's trying to hold Schrader off, and Schrader's throwing everything at him he's got and trying to get around that machine. So far, a lot of contact. No one's made a move, though. And Kenny Schrader, remember, has quite a bit of sheet metal damage to the left rear quarter panel of that car, but still has it pretty much up to speed here at Bristol this afternoon. Good battle at the front of the pack. It has been for the last seven or eight laps around. Ernie Irvin has grabbed the lead. That was a popular move for him, for these folks who are pulling for him here this afternoon. Of course, their shops are located up in nearby Abingdon, Virginia, and Ernie's having a great run right now. Ricky Rudd, for the moment, seems to be exercising a little patience. No point in really getting up there, trading sheet metal, wrinkling your car up at this stage of the race as we're just past 122 laps as those two sweep back into turn one. As they work at this point around the lapped car of Lake Speed, Ernie Irvin remembers what it was like to get the win here last year in the fall race at Bristol. He said it was a great lick for that racing team. It sure was. You know, um, it just everything worked out awful good. And, and uh, you know, I loved racing R Rusty for the win. He got his first win here. Dale got his first win here. Um, you know, 
to me, this is the best place a, a new driver can get his first win. You earn a race at Bristol. You don't get one given to you, and you're going to earn it here. And you know, a lot of times Daytona, they think it's given to you, but I don't think nobody thought Bristol was given to us. No doubt about that. Nobody gives you anything at this racetrack. If you can get out there and survive for 500 laps and just finish the race, you've done a day's work at Bristol International Raceway. 124 on the board. The leader is Ernie Irvin by two car lengths over Ricky Rudd. It's about three seconds now. Back to Harry Gant, who rides in third place. Great run for Jimmy Spencer here this afternoon. Although he's battled side by side, traded a little sheet metal with several cars to get up there and stay up there. He's got a good, solid run going right now. Michael Waltrip is the nearest lap car to the front four. He is trying to get back up front, get himself back on the lead lap, but for the moment he's losing ground. A moment ago he was gaining ground. Good run for Chad Little, who currently is in fifth position. And we've just been handed a note, Eli Gold, that says today's Valleydale 500 attendance, 58,300 fans. That is a new record for Bristol. No argument with that either. You were telling me, every time we come here, you, you tell me old stories about when they used to have a football game here in the infield. Even during Winston Cup races, you could look across and you could you could shoot a, a rifle off into the grandstands and not hit anybody in those days. It's remarkable to think of where this uh, facility has come to now. It really has. Back in the old days, if you filled up the front grandstand, that was grandstand A, you had probably 12, 15,000 people, and that was a great crowd. They were really happy to have that many folks. But now they've added uh, all these seats, and they're the race, both races, to my knowledge, for the last three or four times we've been here, have been complete sellouts weeks in advance. And we understand, of course, the night race is already a sellout here at Bristol, Tennessee. Here, Kyle Petty gets into the side of Chad Little, and it is Kyle Petty that spins, although not all the way around, but enough to lose positions. That was the battle for fifth and sixth position. Kyle gets back in line, and Dick Brooks, do you try and take advantage, as a former driver who's run well here, do you try and take a little extra advantage of a man who may not have the experience, but has the good car in the case of Chad Little? Obviously a very good car, but uh, he hasn't the experience of others here. Do you maybe lean on him a little bit more than you would somebody else? I think one thing that uh, we talked about earlier, or somebody said earlier in an interview, was that you have to have total concentration here. The person comes here for the first two or three times, you just don't realize how much you have to concentrate on what you're doing. The guy runs there, he gets to thinking about something else a little bit, he slips up somewhere, sure you'll lean on him just a little bit, at least wake him up. In uh, Chapel's case, that may be what's happening. Nevertheless, he's hanging right in there in fifth spot, doing a fine job, Chad Little is. Behind the leader, Ernie Irvin. Second is Ricky Rudd, then Harry Gant, Jimmy Spencer, and then Chad Little. 133 laps are on the board, and for the moment, at least for a while, it looks like this race is going to stabilize a little bit, and they're going to ride for the time being, rather than bend up some sheet metal or maybe stick a car or two in the wall. It'll give us a chance to talk with Grant Lynch of the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company and Sports Marketing. Boy, you folks are going to be busy in the next four or five weeks. You've got that... Legends of Racing coming up down in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and of course the Winston 500 coming up at Talladega in a couple of weeks after we get uh, the two short tracks run down at North Wilkesboro and Martinsville. We talked a little bit at Darlington last weekend about some of the things that you guys have planned for the next few weeks, and I think that one of the biggest interests has to be the old-timers race, and everybody says don't call me an old-timer, but in a sense that's what it is. Yeah, Barney, we're really excited about the Winston Legends portion of the Winston down at Charlotte on May 19th. We have a lot of the guys that are coming back. We have the Fan Appreciation Day on Saturday where all the fans can come out. We're going to feature the legends at that. They can all come out and get the autographs from the gentleman that made this sport what it is today. What kind of cars are they going to be running down? I know a lot, a lot of folks have asked me, will they be regular Winston Cup cars? Explain that a little bit, what the situation is there. Yeah, Barney, some of the uh, current guys that are, might be a car owner now, such as uh, Richard Childress and Junior Johnson, they'll supply their own car. 
and then we're leasing cars for the rest of the guys. And we're going to set it up similar to the IROC situation where we'll tech them all in, try to get them running equal. And we're looking, uh, I talked to Rodney Combs, who's helping us with the track down there. He says it's a true two-groove racetrack, so we should have some fun down there. Well, it's a great weekend. Even without this uh, Classics race, which will be something special, the Winston weekend has turned into an outstanding event on its own now. Oh, yeah, we're very excited about the Winston. I think this is our sixth year down at, at Charlotte, and uh, we're looking forward to it. The Legends just adds another part to that weekend. We're extremely excited about the Winston 500 in Talladega also, May 5th. Yeah, that's going to be coming up. That isn't that far away. Grant, will uh, be visiting with you again before all of that happens and talk a little bit more about some of the drivers that definitely will be in the Winston Legends down at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and we'll talk a little bit about the Winston 500. That isn't too far away. Well, thank you, Barney. I'm glad to be with you today, and I would like to send out a special birthday uh, thank you or happy birthday to Dick Brooks today. Surely today is, this is not Dick, Dick Brooks' Brooks's birthday. Carney, I want to tell you something. Now, I want to say thanks, first of all, to Greg Booz over there for putting it up on the Winston board. Uh, rolled through there a while ago that 49 years ago today, my mama started all this mess, and look what she got. <laughs> now, we, won't, we won't hold that against her. <laughs> well, happy birthday. A, happy birthday, Dick. That's wonderful. And, uh, Grant, thanks so much for joining us here. Still Ernie Irvin showing the way over second place now. Harry Gant. Jimmy Spencer is third. Ricky Rudd drops back to fourth position and still hanging on to fifth, although a goodly distance back is Chad Little. So the front running order having shuffled up just a bit here. We've seen some pretty good speeds turned in. And don't forget the folks at Tyson, the official ticket of NASCAR, proud sponsors of the Liquidy Split Award. They give $1,500 to the fastest lap leader at each Winston Cup race event. We'll keep you updated as our afternoon continues. Look a little further back in the field. This rundown is going to be some 10 laps old, but pretty much still exactly the way they're running on the racetrack. They were showing back in seventh position just a moment ago, uh, Bobby Mosgrove. The uh, eighth position belonged to Joe Rutman. He's having a pretty good run here at Bristol this afternoon. In ninth would have been Rick Mass. Tenth, Mark Martin. Eleventh, Kenny Schrader. Mickey Gibbs still on the lead lap, being shown in 12th position. Terry Labonte, despite the fact that he had some problems earlier this afternoon and spun off Turner before, was being posted around 13th position. Sterling Marlin would have been posted 14th, and 15th would have been Dale Jarrett. They were still showing some, what, 20, 21 cars on the lead lap, or a little less now? They're showing at this juncture now a total of 20 cars on the lead lap. 16th was Davey Allison, 17th Hutch Strickland, 18th was the uh, Rob Morosa Memorial car, Bobby Hillen driving that one. Also, uh, Sterling Marlin being shown on the lead lap still, and likewise, uh, the Darrell Waltrip car. That is your top 20. 21st spot now is Morgan Shepard, 22nd, Jeff Bodine, 23rd, Rusty Wallace. Michael Waltrip is 24th, although he just pitted again moments ago. 25th, Richard Petty, 26th, Lake Speed. 27th spot is Dick Trickle. All these cars considerably uh, down now. 28th position belongs to Dale Earnhardt, 29th, Brett Bodine. 30th is uh, Bill Elliott, but those cars still uh, being worked on. Of course, out of the race, the only uh, official cars out of the race at this juncture, Derek Cope after the accident of a short while ago. Bill Elliott now being retired officially, we are told. And uh, in and out of the pits, we have seen the uh, Rick Wilson car. He is back in again, the Snickers Buick is, with the hood up behind the front pit area. So those cars, for the moment, uh, being worked on, with the exception of Cope, who is done for the day. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. Today's Valleydale 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by TransSouth, home of the Dash for Cash Racing Contest. TransSouth, for the right loan, right now. 
by Unical, the winning spirit rides with you every time. It's the spirit of 76 by Gatorade Thirst Quencher. Gatorade for that deep down body thirst. And by Planners Nuts. If you're a racing nut, eat Planners. They're nuts too. We welcome you back to Bristol, Tennessee, where the caution flag is flying for the ninth time this afternoon. Jeff Bodine spinning in turn number four, running in close quarters traffic. He might have gotten some assist from the rear in that tight racing formation, but it was Bodine's car that went around and brings out the caution flag for the ninth time today. And here comes some of the lead cars. As a matter of fact, the race leader, Ernie Irvin, brings the Kodak film machine past his pit and he stops, and now what's he going to do? He can't go backwards. He's going to have to go all the way around again. Ernie Irvin might have made a mistake coming in the pits just a little bit early there. Rusty Wallace brings his car onto pit road. So does Brett Bodine. Davey Allison is in. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Well, they're changing the right side tires on uh, Rusty Wallace's Pontiac. As a matter of fact, they're going to change all four tires on that Pontiac. Jeff Bodine is in and getting a service on his machine. A lot of sheet metal damage now to the Budweiser board. He's been in a couple of accidents so far. And on up pit road, the pit board is out again for the race leader, Ernie Irvin, and also Harry Gant is running second. He was an even car, and odd cars were supposed to pit on that first lap of caution when the pit road was open, and Ernie apparently just a miscue between himself and the pits, and he had to go all the way around the racetrack now and will come back into the pits this turnaround. Here comes Harry Gant in, Dale Earnhardt is in, Mark Martin, Kyle Petty, Ricky Rudd. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Rudd's sitting in the pits. Uh, they're going to change four tires on his car and uh, fill him up with the Unical gasoline. So they've been getting him back on the racetrack. We've got uh, Hut Strickland's back in the, in the pits again. Uh, Kyle Petty, they're changing. Uh, well, they're doing some work on Hut Strickland on the right side of his car. Rick Mass just had a uh, four-tire change as he went back on the racetrack. Also, Rudd just now goes away. Ernie Irvin's car really didn't hurt much when he came in a while ago. He went back out, got caught back up, and he came in right with, uh, with Ricky Rudd's car anyway, so he didn't get hurt by that stop. But you can see that uh, a lot of the teams really, if you miss a beat in the communication factor here, when you pit or shouldn't pit, it can really cost you a little bit. It could have cost him a lot more. As it turns out, it isn't going to hurt him that bad here right now. 162 laps are on the scoreboard as we're working. Another caution, the ninth one of the day. Now, Hutch Strickland also pitted under or out of sequence, so he is coming back in now to the attention of Jimmy Fennig and the crew, and as I understand it, those cars that pit out of sequence will have to start at the end of their respective lines of traffic, so that will be the uh, penalty, if you want to use that word, that uh, comes into effect here. Other pit stops, Darrell Waltrip is in, Dick Trickle is in, we mentioned Jimmy Spencer having pitted on the uh, back pit lane as now Hutch Strickland and Mickey Gibbs conclude their pit service here at Bristol. The members of the media in attendance here today will vote the Goodies Headache Award to the driver suffering the hardest luck during the running of today's Valleydale 500. A sample of Goodies Headache powders and tablets, plus of course $1,000, will be going to uh, the designated driver. And our MRN crew will vote the Peak Antifreeze Cool Move of the Race Award to the driver, crew, chief, or team, making a particularly cool move throughout the course of today's Valleydale 500. And appropriately, $500 from Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant going to the winner of that honor. Oh, well, the modification of the pit rules for another week here at Bristol, Tennessee. It has uh, created a little confusion for some of the teams down on pit row, but it has certainly kept the pits clean as far as the cars being spaced out, keeping them safe, and it has also kept this field very close together here this afternoon. So we've had some pretty good racing all day long. 
looks like now they're having a little dis discussion up among themselves with race cars as to do I fit in here or do I fit behind you? And sometimes the driver says you're not going to get in here, so NASCAR is going to have to sort that one out as they're being given the indication. One more lap and we'll go back to green. And if nobody gives, we could see them start, what, four abreast? Yeah, it looks like Park Avenue, 5 o'clock rush hour in midtown Manhattan. They were four wide coming through the turn that time trying to get themselves sorted out. And now atop the flag stand, Doyle Ford waving, no, no, we're not going to go. And they have put the lights back on top of the uh, safety car to make sure everybody uh, gets themselves sorted out. Uh, Hutch Strickland and Ernie Irvin are dropping back to the end of their lines. Ernie is already there. And uh, that's how things stack up. If you're keeping score and keeping tabs at home under the caution, Harry Gant does get credit for leading one lap. He led lap 161. Mickey Gibbs led lap 162, and Ken Schrader led lap 163 under caution. So all of those drivers picking up five bonus points for leading at least one lap during the running of the Valleydale 500. And if you're keeping tab of the True Value Hardware hard charger points here at this juncture of the race, they are now indicating that Ricky Rudd is a leader in that. Rusty Wallace has dropped back to second points-wise today. And third is Ernie Irvin, fourth is Davey Allison, and fifth is Harry Gant in the True Value Hard Charger points at this juncture of the race. Still under caution and may be for another lap before they put them back to green here in just a moment. Dick Brooks, I guess uh, the teams really are going to have to keep very close communications with their cars, particularly on these caution flag pit stops today, because it's so easy. It's hard to break old habits. You're used to diving on a pit road or doing whatever, and all of a sudden you just, just that split second put it out of your mind and forget, and you're in there and you shouldn't be. Well, Barney, uh, at the beginning of the race, uh, Dale Earnhardt said, you know, there's a lot of things to think about. Uh, one thing would be, I guess, of whether I'm a one or a two, you got a lot of things that you're thinking about while you're going on, and, and, uh, and things are going awful fast. There's a lot of stuff happening awful quick, and it's real, real important for you to get everything done as soon as you possibly can. Uh, one or two positions here, as we've seen today, is very hard to pass on, and uh, a guy thinks am I one or two or whatever I am, I don't know, and he just, uh, you mess up. And, and I think that happened with Ernie. He's uh, not all that experienced with racing anyway, and he is pumped because he's running good, and uh, he probably just didn't think about it. Well, they've got the field pretty well strung out a little bit now after all these pit stops. They've jumbled the front of the pack up a little bit as the pace car is about ready to dive onto pit road at lap 166. The leader is Kenny Schrader. Right behind him is Morgan Shepard, but Shepard is not the second-place car. Ricky Rudd is, so there's a lap car between the leader right now and the second-place machine. We're back in the green. They're going to scramble at the front of the pack around some of those lap cars to try and get themselves sorted out before they go out of the corner, and Richard Petty will pull ahead of the leader. Schrader went up the banking a little bit too high going into turn one. Richard Petty was able to get by. Now Rusty Wallace goes to work on Schrader in turn three. Now Richard Petty was five laps down, so he is now four laps down, but nevertheless got the good jump that time in the STP Pontiac and gives these fans something extra to cheer about. The cars are on the back stretch. And the good move, of course, was made by Rusty Wallace. Now he is only one lap down for the race leaders as he begins to move away from the leaders in turn three. Rusty Wallace probably has as strong a car, horsepower-wise, as anybody out there, and apparently the best handling car because he can just dive off these corners or dive into the corners and make that car stick. Meanwhile, Schrader's gotten caught way back in the pack now. He is back to second place behind Ricky Rudd. Ricky Rudd has three cars directly ahead of him. Then it's Schrader next in line, followed by Davey Allison, all bumper to bumper. Field comes back off turn number four, back to the stripe. 170 laps showing on the board. The race leader, Ricky Rudd, behind three lapped cars. One of those cars, the Michael Waltrip machine, which Rudd is working on now, trying to go to the outside of Michael Waltrip. 170 laps go up on the scoreboard. Let's go to pit road. Yeah, I think there's going to be a caution uh, there's some pretty heavy debris bouncing down the front straightaway as uh, quite a number of cars hit it. 
they've just about knocked it off the racing surface there, but it's still laying on the inside. Piece of metal has gone way down toward the inside of the pit wall as they're looking it over here right now. This race continues under green for the moment as they work back into turns one and two. Ricky Rudd is the leader. Rudd goes to work on Michael Walter again, trying to go to the outside of him, but can't make that move. He falls back in single file. He looks to the outside of Michael in turn four. 172 laps on the board, trying to make a move around, but there's nothing there. Bill Elliott, if you're just uh, joining us, is being shown in 30th right now. He is 81 laps down to the race leader. After having pitted earlier, he was involved not really at all. He was just an innocent bystander after Derek Cope hit the wall when his throttle stuck open. And when Cope's car bounced off the wall, it bounced into the Bill Elliott machine. So Elliott is running in 30th spot. He is 81 laps down. From the Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. At Bristol, Tennessee, we have had nine caution flags this afternoon. When all has sorted itself out, the lead is still held by Ricky Rudd. He and his Hendrick-sponsored and co-owned car, Ken Schrader, running in the second spot. Davey Allison is third. Mark Martin being shown in fourth. Harry Gant fifth. A uh, surprisingly good run at this point for Ted Musgrave. He is being shown in sixth spot. But when you stop to think about it, Barney, there's a guy who has run for years at Winchester Raceway in Indiana, which is a virtual carbon copy of this racetrack. Half mile, high banks, uh, speeds equal to this. And he ran it in the ASA type of cars, the Camaros, Firebirds, and so on. But nevertheless, he's uh, well familiar with this race t- or this type of a racetrack. Yeah, he seems pretty comfortable out there running. He's not having any trouble working traffic, keeps the car in a pretty good line, has been able to, he's one of the few cars that we're looking at, doesn't have a tire mark on the door or some sheet metal all wrinkled up. Davey Allison almost turned his machine around out of turn number two there. He was battling alongside Kenny Schrader for the second spot, got into the side of Schrader. Schrader held on, but Davey's car went crossways. He did get it straightened out, but lost that second position. 182 laps are up on the scoreboard. Let's go to the pits. Well, standing in Davey Allison's pit, Larry McReynolds, the new crew chief, is here. Larry, uh, you guys' car is still staying pretty good. At, <laughs> staying together pretty good. It's still got all the sheet metal stuff on it. Is it okay? Gosh, Dick, I couldn't hear a word you said, you know. We, we got a little bit out of sync on pit stops there. That's the disadvantage of being an odd pit procedure. You know, you kind of set the trend, but we was a little close on fuel mileage. We wasn't getting real good fuel mileage here, and we didn't want to mess around and see a long green run. Have to pit on the green, but fortunately we worked our way back up near the front. He said the car's a little bit loose, but we seem to be competitive. We're not going to panic. Just make some minor adjustments. They're going to, uh, they told me earlier that they're going to run that car as their only race car, basically, until they get it a Larry McReynolds car. Trouble up in turn three. One car has gone into the wall. It is Kyle Petty's machine has bounced off the inside or all the way down to the apron of the racetrack as he hit the outside wall, and caution is on the speedway. Kyle Petty is going to have a wrinkle race car on the very rear end. He's going to shorten that one a little bit as he brings the mellow yellow machine. He was running in eighth position at the time, and he has really damaged the back of that car. Joe Moore, as he works over to you. We called earlier this afternoon, Barney, the fact that his car was running a little bit higher in the turns than some of the other drivers. As a matter of fact, sometimes so high, he was smoking the right side tires. And I guess that time he got up just a little bit too much out of the groove, got into some of the loose stuff at the top side of the racetrack, and the car came around on him. 
So we are under caution for the 10th time today. Hey, don't forget to swing by your nearest Trans-South Financial location. I know there's one near you. They've got the Dash for the Cash Contest continuing. Four different times this year, you could win $5,000 or qualify for a chance of winning a 1992 Ford Explorer. The first race of the year was last weekend's Trans-South 500. But you can qualify for the Dash for Cash again for the Coca-Cola 600 coming up at Charlotte. Also, the Die Hard 500 at Talladega in late July and the Meadow Yellow 500 at Charlotte in October. So why not swing by your nearest Trans-South Financial location and register for the Dash for Cash, a chance for you to win $5,000. Kyle Petty's machine is on pit road. Let's cover his stop. Well, he's wrinkled up pretty bad in the rear, about like uh, most everybody else. It won't be long till all these cars are going to be even. They're going to have the rear end pushed down under them, and they'll be able to race each other that way. But uh, I don't think there's much damage uh, to the interior of the car so much. Uh, if they can get fuel in it all right, they're going to be all right. They've changed right side tires. They've now changed left sides, and he drives away. It's amazing what kind of licks these cars can take in going into those walls with the rear end of the car or the front end of the car and still be able to continue without knocking the car totally a kilter. If you did that in one of your cars out on the highway, you'd be running on both sides of the road. But these race cars really built to take some hard licks as we're seeing here this afternoon. Kenny Schrader's back in. Barney, these guys can take, uh, these cars can take a lot more damage than they used to be years ago when they had leaf springs under them because the leaf springs uh, went from the, uh, right behind the driver's seat back to the rear part of the car and attached to the car. Now, these things are sitting on coil springs, and the suspension itself doesn't get affected uh, very little until it gets way up towards the wheel. So the cars can take a pretty good look in the rear. The only thing it really does to them is it changes the aerodynamics of them some. It lowers the spoiler, the rear spoiler down a little bit. It changes the uh, way the air flows over it and uh, generally has a tendency to make the car a little bit looser in the turns. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Back at Bristol International Raceway, Jeff Bodine has been on pit road a couple of times. He has a damaged car. His brother, Brett Bodine, has a damaged machine also. In fact, we wrote down a list of cars just a moment ago we we're going to pass along to you that are still out there running but have considerable sheet metal damage to them. Dale Earnhardt is one of those, several laps behind. Kenny Schrader running good but has quite a bit of sheet metal damage to his car. Brett Bodine has an awful lot of sheet metal damage on his car. Jeff, his brother, we talked about in there. A lot of right side damage on Jeff's car. Lake Speed's car badly mangled up. So is Sterling Marlin and Dick Trickle. And the rest of the field, well, they got a lot of tire marks from one end to the other. Right now, as we continue under caution, this is caution for the 10th time this afternoon. Behind Ricky Rudd and Davey Allison, this is how they were running moments ago. Mark Martin, third. Harry Gant, fourth. Ted Musgrave up to fifth now. Sixth goes to the Joe Rutman car. Seventh, they are showing Chad Little. Eighth place, Dale Jarrett. Terry Labonte being posted in ninth and tenth, also on the lead lap, Rick Mast. Eleventh, Darrell Waltrip. Twelfth, Alan Kowicki. Thirteenth spot, they are posting Ernie Irvin. Fourteenth belongs to Mickey Gibbs. Fifteenth now is Sterling Marlin. Sixteenth, Kyle Petty. That was prior to the accident of moments ago. Seventeenth, Hutch Strickland. Still all on the lead lap. Eighteenth, Ken Schrader. Nineteenth spot is Jimmy Spencer. Those cars having pitted here moments ago. And those are the last ones on the lead lap. In twentieth spot, they're posting Bobby Hillen. In twenty-second position now will be or rather 21st spot, that'll be Rusty Wallace, 22nd, Michael Waltrip, 23rd, Morgan Shepard, Jeff Bodine in 24th, 25th, Richard Petty, 26th, Lake Speed, 27th spot will be the Dick Trickle car, Dale Earnhardt being posted in 28th, 29th, Brett Bodine, those cars running along with Bill Elliott being posted in 30th, and Bobby Hamilton in 31st. Let's go back to Pitt Road. Well, this is Dick Brooks. I'm, I'm standing here talking to Rick Hendricks. 
Rick is one of the uh, team owners that has two cars here. You've got one in pretty good shape. Ricky Rudd's car is in pretty good shape. Uh, the uh, the other car of yours is scratched up a little bit, but a lot of these guys need going to need an extra truck just to take the pieces home. Uh, you going to have anything left? I don't know. Uh, Strader's car was brand new for this race, and uh, got the front end and the, knock in, the back end knocked off of it. This is a war. This isn't a race. <laughs> that might be a good way to put this. The Bristol War. Turned out to be that way so far. Going back to green in a minute. We'll be back. We're back at the Bristol International Raceway. Looks like they're about to go back to green this time around. Ricky Rudd, who's been up there at the front of the pack on numerous occasions this afternoon, has one of the best handling cars on this racetrack. And as we pointed out, his driving style, a little bit different than quite a few of the Winston Cup drivers. He is so smooth. That's one reason he runs road courses pretty good. But he is also running Bristol extremely well. Pace car behind the pit wall. Green is out, and Rudd comes up through that gearbox, gets a good jump on the restart again, and will pull away trouble. Kenny Schrader spins at the start-finish line and hits the end inside pit wall, and as Rick Hendricks said a moment ago, they may not have too much to take home, but Caution is on the speedway as his car is slammed into the inside pit wall on that restart. And what little was left of the left rear of that car is now gone. It is caved in up and around the uh, left rear Goodyear tire, and we are under caution. Kenny Schrader on that restart had been posted in 12th position. That's where he had finally fallen into line, so Schrader brings out the caution on lap number 195 for the 11th time this afternoon. From the Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Back at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee, Ken Schrader having just climbed from his car after bringing out the caution for the 11th time today. Let's see if we can get a report from him. Kenny, hard crash. What happened? <laughs> I was probably trying to get in a hole. There wasn't enough room, but everybody's doing it in restarts right now. We we hit a ton. I mean, NASCAR needs to look at these pit rules. They, they got them messed up now. Well, you've involved in two or three accidents today. Hey, I ain't the only one. You look at them cars, they're all tore up to hell, and they're going to be when you got one groove tracks and sister and starting everybody side by side. That's Kenny Schrader. He's out of it here this afternoon in the Bonadale 500. And not a happy camper at all, Kenny Schrader, and you can't really blame him because he is out of the race. His car is really beat and banged all day long. couple of laps, and we apparently are going to go back to green flag racing here this afternoon. Kenny Schrader talking about the pit rules, and just about there's no easy answer to this thing we've talked about this so many times as short of going back to exactly what we had to start with and of course it was designed it, the changes they have made is for safety on pit road it has accomplished that but to find an answer an easy answer to make everybody happy as to what happens on that racetrack you know i've been doing this stuff for 31 years i've racked my brain every way i can think of and everything you come up with has some pluses but it also has some minuses and that's the situation nascar is trying to weigh it but again uh, the official release that came out from nascar here on friday uh, les richter explaining the pit rules and he said again we will reassess the situation week to week if necessary so still nothing we are seeing is necessarily cast in stone we are uh, one lap away from going back to green. Don't forget next weekend, the first Union 400 at North Wilkesboro Speedway. MRN will be on the air with our Bush Pole Show Friday at 10 after 3. Saturday, a pit road preview at 4.30 in the afternoon. And next Sunday, our broadcast of the first Union 400 at 12.45 Eastern Time. From there, it's on to Clay Earl's beautiful.
beautiful Martinsville Speedway, the Haynes 500 on April 28th. In May, we'll be with you at the Winston 500 at the Talladega Super Speedway, May 5th. May 19th, the Winston from the Charlotte Motor Speedway. May 26th, Charlotte hosting the Coca-Cola 600. In June, we'll be at Dover Downs, June 2nd. Sears Point in California, June 9th. Pocono International Raceway, June 16th. Brooklyn, Michigan on June 23rd. And then back to Daytona for the Pepsi 400 on July the 6th. Ticket offices are open right now. First and second place cars sit side by side as the Pontiac Pace car pulls off the banking in turn number four. Ricky Rudd is the leader. Davey Allison is second. We are under green and they're going to race into turn number one. Rudd will get the jump and pull out front all by himself. Davey Allison tries to get some ground underneath Ricky Rudd as they come off turn two. They make contact slightly, but Rudd hangs on to the top spot. One of the more spirited battles, Dale Jarrett to the outside of Chad Little. If you're just joining us and you're wondering why names like Ted Musgrave and Chad Little are near the top of the field, they have run consistently all afternoon long, and that battle continues now in turn two. And the battle for the lead again heats up as Davey goes to work on Ricky Rudd, trying to look for a chance to get by him. Also, Harry Gann has joined the front two. Three cars really working at it to take the lead away right now. Ricky Rudd currently has it. Davey Allison and Harry Gant would like to have it. They're locked together out of turn number two. It's a little ways back now to Mark Martin in fourth place. In the fifth spot now is the Ted Musgrave car here on the back straightaway. Back in six is Chad Little. He's got the lap car of Joe Rutman directly ahead of him. They'll work off the number four corner. 203 laps on the board right now. Rick Mass trying to work his way with Ernie Irvin back towards the front. Ernie led this race for much of the day, and Spencer having trouble in turn two. Spencer's had a lot of trouble in turn two today, trying to get back in line. He'll try to go around to the outside to bypass cars, but each time he seems to get trapped out there and lose positions as he did here with Darrell Waltrip. Been a big surprise for Darrell Waltrip. Normally, we've talked about the success he has had. He dominated this racetrack for a lot of years, but today he hasn't really been a factor up at the front of the pack, but many times that Darrell has wanted the speedway he didn't really surface up there in the top 10 until the, maybe the second half or even the last 100 laps. He's got plenty of patience, but uh, he really hasn't run quite as quick as we thought he would, and the car hasn't been working all that well. Bill Elliott takes his car back to pit road in the back pits, along with driver Lake Speed, and they're both several laps down, having spent quite a bit of time behind the wall. Ricky Rudd is a leader. He's one car length ahead of Davey Allison, about three car lengths ahead of Harry Gant. The front three still locked together out of turn two. Harry Gant was working on Davey Allison pretty hot and heavy here a couple of laps ago. For now, he seems to be kind of cooling his wheels. Further back in the pack, Alan Kulwicki working on the Bobby Hillen car and trying to get around that machine. Alan Kulwicki hoping to be able to stretch his fuel mileage as best he can, maybe only having to stop one more time. That battle is for eighth and ninth spot. Hillen again looking at Kulwicki in turn two. And Kulwicki gets that spot further back. Darren Walter picks up a position as he goes to work on Dale Jarrett, sweeps to the inside and gets by that car. That should move Darrell up into 10th position here, so Walter is working his way to the front of the pack, slowly but surely. We're just past the 200 lap mark, and Darrell has come up to 10th place right now. The battle for the lead, still about a car length apart in turn three. Ricky Rudd leading the way by two car lengths over Davey Allison. Harry Gant now again begins closing in on Allison for second. One thing Ricky Rudd has going for his advantage this year is the fact that he does have a corporate teammate in Ken Schrader and even though they will often pit at or excuse me, often test at the same racetracks at the same time I was asking Ricky whether that shared testing information with yourself and Kenny is working out. I think it has we, we've we actually uh, are getting ready to get into a heavier test schedule here coming up. We we haven't done as much testing as we'd like to have really probably but uh, the test program works good when we go to the racetrack and we've got my car there and Kenny's car is at the same test and then the R&D program run by Gary Dehart when they have that car and that program there, that's that's when I feel like we have our best test. 
Now, interestingly, Barney, uh, Ricky was telling us on Tuesday, he was on NASCAR Live, he says, unlike the Jeff Bodine-Sterling Marlin deal, where you've got two cars, each will take seven tests at different racetracks to kind of double up their corporate numbers. Kenny Schrader and Ricky Rudd, they will test together at the same racetracks, and instead of doubling up their pleasure, if you will, at different tracks, they'll both go to the same facility and share the information that way. So two differing philosophies from Junior Johnson's teams to Rick Hendrick's teams. Well, it seems to pay off, uh, at least for Rick Hendrick's team, it's worked out real well, and I think Ricky's pretty happy with the situation, and obviously it's it's perked up their performance, so to speak, quite a bit at least in the 1991 season. Here's Rudd, the leader, right now very much in command of the Valleydale 500 here this afternoon. Davey Allison trails along behind him now. He's lost another car length or so. In fact, he's about to lose second spot. Harry Gant goes to work on him, coming off turn two, right to the inside of the racetrack. He pulled even with Davey, but halfway down the straightaway, Davey shot back out in front to hold on to second. As well as Harry Gant has run here at Bristol, he has never won a Winston Cup race here. Heck, he's never won a Bush Grand National race here. As well as he has run, he's never been been able to get to victory lane. Maybe today's the day. He's back in three. He sits there in the third position. Meanwhile, some good battling going on further back in the pack. Chad Little and Alan Kowicki were going at it for a while. Kowicki finally won that battle as he bypassed Chad Little. Now he's bearing down on the lap car of Joe Rutman. Well, I got a feeling a lot of these drivers have seen several cars go behind the pit wall and spend anywhere from 10 to 20 laps getting repairs made to get back onto the racetrack. And for the moment, the aggressiveness seems to have dwindled just a little bit, except for Harry Gant, who continues to work on Davey Allison. Davey told me yesterday this is the kind of racetrack that you need to think all the time, really pay attention to what you're doing and cut yourself a little slack. And the guys that know how to give themselves a little bit of an escape route are the ones that succeed here. Dale's good at that. You know, he always he leaves himself an option if something were to go wrong. And, and uh, my dad did that a lot here, and, and uh, Daryl Waltrip's real good about that at Bristol. And I've tried to learn from those guys. I try to look at the guys that run strong at every racetrack and learn from their good points. And I do the same thing. I, I just I watch what's going on, and I leave myself an escape route if anything goes wrong. And, and when it does, I'm able to take advantage of it. Sometimes. Sometimes at Bristol, as fast as you're getting around this racetrack, the only escape route you might have is to slam into a couple of spinning cars directly ahead. But Davey's having a good run here today and doing a good job of holding off Harry Gant to keep him back there in third place. They're out of turn two. Harry's been working to the inside of Davey. Now he starts looking to the outside coming off turn two. And again, no chance to make that move, so Gant holds on to third. Gant right there. He's about car length and uh, not even that much now. Just nose to tail with Davey. Those two cars are a couple of car lanes down to the race leader, Ricky Rudd, and they're closing it on traffic. They'll close in on the Bill Elliott car. He's limping down the back straightaway after the damages of that crash earlier this afternoon. Rudd first to encounter Elliott as they exit turn four. About 28 more laps, and we'll be at the halfway point in the Valleydale 500 here at Bristol, T- Tennessee this afternoon. The clouds now beginning to move in. We had bright sunshine there for the early part of this race. We're seeing quite a few clouds move in from the west of the speedway right now, and they had forecasted possibility of some showers much later today, but it looks like we may get lucky and be able to get this entire race in without any rain problems here. 223 laps are on the board. Ricky Rudd is still the leader. We'll be back. Pennzoil at home in America. NASCAR USA, Daytona Beach, Florida. I think anybody that races or has an interest in automobiles wants to take care of what they drive. Michael Waltrip, driver for Pennzoil's NASCAR race team. I used to change oil in my car in the garage with dad and uh, dad has always used penzoil and you know my father was a great mechanic and uh, he used penzoil so i knew if it was good enough for him it was definitely good enough for me penzoil ever since america learned to drive 
When you compete on the NASCAR circuit, it's intangible things, like tradition, that can make the difference in a race. I'm Chad Little. My number 19 Thunderbird is sponsored by Tyson Holly Farms, America's number one brand of chicken. They have a winning NASCAR tradition that goes back 30 years with champion drivers like Junior Johnson and Cale Yarborough. That's a lot to live up to. But if my driving is as good as the quality Tyson puts into its products, you're going to see a lot of Chad Little and Tyson in the winter circuit. Tyson, the official chicken of NASCAR. NASCAR Today with Alan Bestwick keeps you up to date with NASCAR news every day, Monday through Friday on MRN Radio. We're working 227 laps here in the Valleydale 500 at Bristol, Tennessee. Ricky Rudd continues to lead Davey Allison and Harry Gannon from the Bristol International Raceway. This is MRN Radio. something here going into turn three too. Oh, just keep an eye on it. Or is that what he said? All the fans are looking up at me pointing down to it like I'm going to run down there and get it or something. Sure. I would have and I worked out. Yeah. Don't you wish you were working out there today. The 17th place running car, Jimmy Spencer on pit road. He'll stop on the 232nd lap. We also saw Mickey Gibbs make a pit stop moments ago. He was still on the lead lap, but he had a left front tire going flat. So Mickey had to come into the attention of Barry Dodson and the crew there. By the way, we're just 18 laps shy of halfway right now. The right guard halfway challenge is coming up. If you've not yet called in to register for your chance to win that Pontiac Grand Prix SE, now is your chance. Just dial 1-900-226-6600. Make sure you call before the halfway lap. Each call costs 95 cents. You must be at least 18 years old to enter. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Complete rules and mail and entry forms are available where right guard sports sticks are sold but of course Barney you knew that already. Oh I imagine it's going to be a big payoff at the halfway point here today. It really is. $20,000 to whoever can lead at the halfway point and there's still a lot of cars within striking distance to do that. Ricky Rudd currently is in the best shape to do it. He currently is the leader doesn't have all that much breathing room as he works around this racetrack working some lap traffic right now that's going to come into play here in the next few circuits around the speedway. They're in three. Rudd squeezes down to the inside of Dale Earnhardt to get by that car. The car running in the second spot in the third place machine likewise make the move by Dale Earnhardt. It's unusual to just talk about lap traffic and then say it's Dale Earnhardt in the next sentence. It's not been uh, a particularly good day for Dale. He had an accident earlier. Kept him behind the wall for a number of laps. He is now in 27th position. He is 14 laps down to the race leader, but still out there picking up whatever Winston Cup points he can. He was 80 points down to Ricky Rudd in the Winston Cup point chase when this day began. Boy, you talk about a happy camper to be in the points lead. That was Ricky Rudd, and uh, we talked to him about that, and I think we had a couple of pieces of tape with him, but he said, you know, it's really a total surprise. We had hoped at some point that we could lead in the Winston Cup point standings early in the season, but we didn't expect it to come quite this early. That team has just really been solid, rock solid, all season long from Daytona right up to now. He currently is doing a great job holding on to the lead. Davey Allison's took a look outside and inside a couple of times. 
maybe thinking about trying to take the lead away, but he's got to be awfully careful because Harry Gant is so close by. If Davies slips, he's going to lose second place. We're only showing about four cars that are behind the wall, although we have several on the racetrack that are anywhere from a lap down to as much as 10 or 15 laps down that have some damage. The cars that have definitely parked it, Bobby Hamilton apparently now out for the day. Kenny Schrader's car badly damaged in that last wreck here a moment ago as he hit the inside pit wall coming down the front straightaway. Had a little contact there and might have had a little help. He was not real happy about that. Rick Wilson's car apparently is parked for the day, and so is Derek Cope, and those are the machines that we're showing out of the race. We're just 10 laps away from halfway, and Davey Allison is going to try everything he can to make the move on Ricky Rudd, but at the same time, Davey has to protect his rear flank from Harry Gant, who wants to get up there in the battle. Gant has been there a couple of times down on the inside of Davey, coming off turn two, but again, once they get on the straightaway, the Ford of Allison seems to have the power, and he holds on each time, at least so far. And you can bet all three of their pit crews are saying, hey guys, we're 20 grand on the line here for the halfway leader and with three cars up there going for it it's going to get real interesting some more lap traffic will come into play as they work it up into turn three and four and come back into the straightaway there's a pack of five cars directly ahead and they're going to be catching those in about two more laps around the racetrack as the leader ricky rudd goes into turn two those lap cars are running side by side which is really going to make for some tricky driving here coming into turn number three dick trickle along with bobby hill and running side by side that was for a moment hill almost lost control of his car as he spun directly in front of the leaders. Boy, Hillen was all the way sideways. The leaders got on their binders. It's allowed Gant, Allison, and Ricky Rudd to all tighten up together. They're on the back stretch again. Davey Allison looks to the outside of Ricky Rudd, but Rudd hangs on to it for now as he goes outside. Harry Gant looks down low. And tell you who else could get up there and be a factor is Mark Martin. He's only about five car lengths behind Harry Gant, the third place car, but the front three only about a foot apart. And again, lap traffic going to come into play off turn two. They'll move single file behind Rudd coming down the back straight away, going by the Rusty Wallace car. First is Rudd, then Davey Allison and Harry Gant. Meanwhile, Alan Kowicki is wrestling a problematic car. Almost looks as though he has a tire going down or something. His car's all over the place in the corners. The leaders are back in traffic in turn two. Rudd has got a lapped car separating himself from second place Davey Allison, so a little bit of breathing room, but still he has more lap traffic to encounter. First it'll be Bill Elliott. Rusty Wallace, meanwhile, dives down underneath Ricky Rudd, forcing him to go way to the outside as they're about to catch Kyle Petty down in turn number one. Kyle also uh, several laps behind, and Davey Allison gets jostled up out of turn number two and may lose second spot. Davey's trapped behind the slower car of Kyle Petty. It allows Harry Gant to pick up the second position, but Davey's going to try to get it back. Rusty Wallace is three laps down. He is now two laps down as he gets by the leaders. He is running in 21st spot, but Rudd is still leading the race. Ricky Rudd brings him back off turn number two. Now in the second spot is Harry Gant. In third is Davey Allison. Two cars get together in turn two. It's Alan Kowicki fighting his car. He gets into the side of Jeff Bodine, but they all keep going. Ricky Rudd crosses the start-finish line, but again works his way over to turn two, and again there is four cars directly ahead. Rusty Wallace, one of those. Also there, the Lake Speed Machine as Ricky brings him back to turn three. Here comes the leader at halfway, Ricky Rudd, out of turn number four. And Ricky Rudd takes home $20,000 as the winner of the Right Guard Halfway Challenge. And if you entered the Right Guard Halfway Challenge sweepstakes, stay by your phone because if you're called back during the race and can name Ricky Rudd as the leader at halfway, you'll win the Pontiac Grand Prix SE. So good luck to you and our congratulations to Ricky Rudd and that tied Chevrolet team. Let's go to the pits and Dick Brooks. Just came back in. Uh, they're going to the right side of his car. He's got some pretty good damage over on the on the right front of the thing. They're going to try to pull that away from the wheel. Uh, Waddell Wilson standing here timing the cars uh, with Rudd, giving him his giving him his lap time. Waddell, you got 20 grand in your pocket. 
Well, I just told Ricky that he did. And last night he bought dinner. I told him that's to pay him back. No, it's great that we could do it. We just hope we keep the car going. But, you know, Harry's running off the business, and so is David. Well, he's right about that. There's a lot of good cars running out there. But uh, for Hendrick's team, there's uh, one car out, tore up, and the other one just made 20 grand. So uh, I don't know if you ever get them all together at one time, but they've got a pretty good shot in the arm on this one. Ricky Rudd just having a flawless run in the early part, first half at least here in the Valleydale 500 this afternoon as he currently is a leader over Harry Gant and Davey Allison. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. You can do it with true value. Hi, this is Pat Summerall. If you're going to get anywhere these days, you have to have the right connections. You can do it with Master Electrician TV accessories from True Value Hardware Stores. Like a video control box that lets you switch from the TV to the VCR or home computer without rewiring. Make the simple switch to Master Electrician TV accessories exclusively from participating True Value Hardware Stores and home centers. Not since Daytona has there been such an opportunity for race fans. Not until May 4th and 5th on the High Bank Talladega Super Speedway. Saturday, May 4th offers doubleheader action with round two of IROC 15. Plus, ARCA's Poland Pro 500K. Then on Sunday, May 5th, it's the NASCAR Winston Cup Series 22nd Annual Winston 500. For information and seat selection, call Talladega at 205-362-9064. MasterCard and Visa accepted. Call now. We're back at the Bristol International Raceway, and we are under caution as Alan Kowicki went off into turn number one, and the car just went right up into that outside wall and slammed into it and has put us under the yellow flag for the 12th time this afternoon. Let's go down to Dick Brooks. Well, Alan Kowicki was having a little bit of trouble uh, handling a couple laps earlier, and as he came off the fourth turn, he had a flat left front. In fact, uh, the tire was off the wheel almost, and it was setting down, and the sparks were just flying. And uh, when he went down the first turn, he was on the outside of some cars. He couldn't get in, and uh, the car just wouldn't turn for him. He went up into the wall. Uh, Ricky Rudd just now made it, making his stop as he's uh, got to wait for the second stop to come around as Kyle Petty comes in. Uh, Davey Allison got the pit on the first lap by, so he's done and came, changed four tires and uh, on his way. So they'll get it sorted out in a few minutes. Jim Phillips. Marty Urban's in for four tires and gasoline. Harry Gant has his Oldsmobile in. Mark Martin is having a good run this afternoon. Is also in for four tires. Rusty Wallace came in. He got four tires. Dale Earnhardt is now in for four tires and gasoline. And Gowicki's crew had the pit board out for him a couple of laps before he was supposed to come in, and then the left front tire went flat on him. Tough break for Alan Kowicki as he has damaged his car. We're under caution from the Bristol International Raceway. This is MRN Radio. At Bristol Raceway in Tennessee, we are just past halfway in the Valleydale 500. At this juncture, with pit stops still taking place for some, they are posting Chad Little as the race leader, and he has been among the top five all day. They are posting Rick Mast now in second, Sterling Marlin third, Davey Allison fourth, Ted Musgrave in fifth, Harry Gant in sixth, seventh will be Mark Martin, eighth spot belongs to Ricky Rudd. Ninth now, Ernie Irvin and Darrell Waltrip in 10th. Again, this is still under caution in the midst of these ongoing pit stops. The quickest lap of the second segment of the race was uh, turned in by Ricky Rudd at a speed of 112.474 miles an hour. That's the Tyson Lickety split honors that are being contested for. It was not as fast as the overall quick lap of the day, but the driver in question there, Rusty Wallace, not participating in this competition. So for the moment, Ricky Rudd in line to win the Tyson Lickety split award. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification. 
Welcome back to Bristol Raceway in Tennessee, a jam-packed grandstand. They announced nearly 60,000 fans here today. Cloud cover beginning to creep in upon us, as the weatherman indicated it probably would. But while we remain under caution for the 12th time today, good to welcome Frank Blankenmeyer back to the booth. He is now the retired vice president of marketing for Valleydale Packers Incorporated, sponsors of this Valleydale 500. It's always great to see you, and you sounded super as always, belting out the national anthem earlier today. Thank you, Eli. Well, we always enjoy doing this every year. What are you doing retired? Uh, I mean, you have been a fixture and part of this weekend. I'm glad they, they, they brought you out of the mothballs for the day, if nothing else. Well, they still got me doing a couple of things. And, uh, of course, I'm playing a little more golf and a little more gin rummy and uh, having mm-hmm. a big time. Some honeydews around the house, of course. I bet you. There's been a great relationship here. This, this deal between Valleydale and Bristol Raceway, the uh, sponsorship pack uh, overall program, has really grown. And it's amazing. You can't put another person into these grandstands. Well, we... Uh, we have really enjoyed it every year, and we, and we find it a way to want to entertain our customers and thank them for all the uh, things that they do for us throughout the year. And it's it's great for us, and, and we hope it's great for them, and it's great for the fans. You know, we, it's uh, it has become a big race. This association has been going on for what, uh, 10, 15 years? 12 years, I think, that we've been sponsoring the race uh, now, uh, and. Uh, as I say, it's it's been great for us. We've you know it has helped sales. There's no question, and done a good job for us. And we uh, uh, we just kind of like racing at Valadale. I would think since Eli has I, been I, eating your products, I you knew that, that was coming up. Yeah. The stock had gone up yeah, considerably. That. It's amazing. You guys provide a lot of your guests and. Uh, customers here with free hot dogs and all your products over there and boy does he stay in line i never see if i want to find him that's where we go over to the stand you know, if, if eli stops eating our products we probably have to file bankruptcy i, I don't know <laughs> i would have been disappointed had we gone through the whole day without getting a little a little grief from you fellas frank always good to see you thank you and we appreciate the good work that you people do it's, a pleasure. it's nice to see you and thank frank, all of our customers for being here appreciate it frank blankenmeyer from valleydale and we're about set to go back to work pontiac pace car will hit pit road they come down out of turn number four harry gant is going to be posted as a leader as they zip off into turn number one chad little now will get a good sh- a restart on the break and he will take the lead out of turn two little gets around the jimmy spencer car those two go single file except now spencer tries to go back at little getting the inside line in turn three so chad little takes the lead and the man who had been running and third, Rick Mast had to follow the pace car down the pit road, and he came in for service for the Skull Classic machine. So a tough break for Rick Mast, but Chad Little's got the lead. Jimmy Spencer's going to work on him again, though, here on the back straightaway. Spencer pulls to the inside, makes a bit of contact in turn four. Spencer's still there. Jimmy Spencer trying to get back up there and get on the lead lap as they work off into turn number one. He and Chad Little have swapped sheet metal a couple of times in the corner. Smoke flies again off those two cars out of turn two. Spencer's able to get by, leaves the lane open, so Michael Walter ball also gets by and gets back one of his laps. Now here's Harry Gant going for the lead. Harry's on to the inside of Chad Little. He'll make the move down low. So Gant puts the green and white skull colors in front. The orange, white, and black for Chad Little second. Now the tied Chevy wants second place. Ricky Rudd to the inside of the racetrack. Dead even with Chad Little halfway down the back straightaway. Ricky slides up a bit. Tags Chad Little in turn four. Good hard racing off the number four corner and back into the front straightaway. Ricky Rudd and Chad Little touch a little bit going off into the corner and Ricky is going to come away in the second position right behind Harry Gant. Back to three. Now Davey Allison goes to work on Chad Little. Little again trapped in an outside lane so he'll lose that spot. Davey Allison moves up and now here comes Ernie Irvin. And believe it, believe it or not this is only the second time all year that Harry Gant has led a Winston Cup race. He led for three 
laps at Richmond, the second race of the year. Now he's leading again here at Bristol. 268 laps are complete, working his way through turns three and four, back to the stripe. 269 of 500 laps now on the board. I'll tell you what, when Harry Gant gets dialed in at a few racetracks, Pocono is one of them, Darlington is one of them, and Bristol is another one of his better tracks. When he gets the car hooked up to the racing surface, he is hard to deal with, particularly at the front of the pack, and that's exactly where he is right now. He is in behind Michael Waltrip. That's allowing. He can't get underneath him going into the corners. That's allowing Ricky Rudd to catch up a little bit closer to the leader off turn two. Gant realizes that, and so he's going to work on Michael Waltrip trying to get by that machine. He had pulled even with him, and again looks to the inside of Michael Waltrip off turn four. Harry Gant's had some pretty good runs here at Bristol. Well, I've run good. I hadn't won that many races here, but I've run good times off and on, but it's... uh one thing about the track, i got to say this here, it's the best shape I think it's been in the last several years. I think you're going to have a better racing this time than we've had in the past because it's uh, probably going to be two good lanes of racing on it. And in the past, it's just kind of been a one-groove track. And, uh, well, you can say, well, Martinsville or Wilkesburg is a one-groove track. It is, too, but still it's not like the one-groove here. The speed you're going around here at the bottom and the pass a car is very tough. Well, it's working all right for Harry Gant right now. He is still the race leader. Well, it looks as though somebody took a can opener to the right rear of Rick Mast's car there, Barney. He, he has got a lot of sheet metal just kind of flapping in the wind there. If you look around this field, Eli, as they work around here, you're going to find about eight or ten cars that have sheet metal wrinkled in one direction or another. Rick Mast is off the banking in turn number four and will bring his car back to pit road for some more service, and apparently they'll yank away some of that sheet metal or beat it in. Let's go to the pits. Well, Barney, the problem is it's got a lot of... Uh the right rear quarter panel hanging out they take it and beat it back in but then the wind's catching it up uh, under fender well and it pulls it back out again so they uh, beat it back in and now they back out again so they're going to try to pull it back or tie it down been a long day for Rick Mast along with about a dozen other drivers here at Bristol, Tennessee. 275 laps are on the board in the Valleydale 500. The leader is Harry Gant. He leads Ricky Rudd by a full second right now. Davey Allison is third. Ernie Irvin is fourth. And Darrell Waltrip continues to march to the front of the pack. He is up to fifth. We'll take a break and we'll be back. Today, it takes big money to run on the NASCAR circuit, but you have plans that call for big money, too. That's why you should call on TransSouth. They make loans up to $250,000, loans for almost anything, and they'll help you set up a plan you can live with. And don't forget to enter TransSouth's Dash for the Cash. You could win $5,000 or a Ford Explorer. TransSouth. For the right loan, right now. For complete contest details, call, visit, or write any participating TransSouth office. I think the step to the multi-valve engine makes the 91 Pontiac Grand Prix one of the most exciting cars to come out of Detroit in many years. Michael Waltrip talks about the Pontiac Grand Prix STE sports sedan. It corners well, but yet you get a good soft ride on the smooth road. You've got the same sportiness you have with a two-door. That car, to me, is exactly what America needs. It's exciting, it's luxurious, it's fun to drive. Grand Prix STE sports sedan from Pontiac. We build excitement. Been one of the more competitive races we've seen in the 1991 season at just past the halfway point at lap 270. They're still posting 11 cars on the lead lap, and we've had a dandy here at Bristol. From the Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. 
284 laps on the board. 500 make up the total distance in the Valleydale 500 here at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. If you're just joining us, we welcome you in to MRN Radio's live coverage. Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall. Joel Moore is the man with the eye full out there in turns three and four. Our pit reporters are Jim Phillips and Dick Brooks. Our engineer, Harry Howard. This is a race that has been stopped 12 times by caution here today. And there is not a car on the racetrack, maybe with the exception of... uh, Musgrave or maybe uh, Ricky Rudd, I guess, that don't have some kind of sheet metal mark uh, beaten and banging bruise or something. And now Richard Petty and Jeff Bodine tangle in turn four. Speaking of bumps and bruises, those cars get together. Tough to tell how much damage has been done to Jeff Bodine's car since it was already mangled from earlier, but he does have extensive right front damage that is brand new. Richard Penny goes right through the pits and he'll head to the attention of the rest of the crew on the back pit area, but caution for the 13th time today. And a majority of those cautions have come up in that end of the racetrack, either going in in the middle of turn three or coming off turn number four. We've seen the yellow fly several times in both positions on the racetrack up there at that part of the speedway. Uh, Jeff Bodine was being posted in 21st position. Richard Petty was running 23rd when that accident happened. Here's Bodine's car on pit road, and it suffered an awful lot of damage. It already had quite a bit to the right side of the car. Now it is mangled in the front of the machine. Let's go to pit road. Well, we're behind the pit wall here with Alan Kowicki, who has a lot of damage to his Ford. Alan, what happened? Well, we cut a left front tire after Jeff Bodine ran into me about six times, and it went flat, and I crashed. Did you get back in the race? We're going to try. You know, it's too bad. We were running up in the top five. The car was running great, and we were going to the front. It looked to me like we probably had the fastest car on the track at the time. That's Alan Kowicki. They continue to work on his Ford. Now we'll check on Jeff Bodine. Of course, uh, this is not the first time he's been in for a lengthy stay as Junior Johnson and that crew are working on the left front of it to try to get the sheet metal up off the ground so he might continue. Of course, the tow-in on the car has also been knocked away, so a lot of damage, a lot more damage, I should say, to the Budweiser Ford of Jeff Bodine. They're putting the bungee cords across the hood to try to hold the hood down on it. Tim Brewer and Pete Wright and Mike Hill and the rest of that team going to put in for some overtime all the work they've done here today for Jeff Bodine's machine. From the Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Caution here at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. It came out three laps ago on lap 287 as Richard Petty and Jeff Bodine tangled up in turn number four, and they're still working on Bodine's Budweiser Ford. Jim Phillips is down with uh, Junior Johnson surveying the damage. Junior, still working on your car. What what did Jeff say happened? Uh, he busted the right, right, right front tire that time. I don't know what the reason was where he ran over something. There's a rubber something. We don't find nothing rubbing, but... You never can tell when one's tore fits bad, you'll never be anything wrong with it. Well, you've been coming to Bristol a long time. Have you ever seen anything like this? I said you've been coming to Bristol a long time. Have you ever seen any racing like this? No, I ain't never seen it nowhere else I've ever been either. That's Junior Johnson, and they still continue to work on his Budweiser Ford. Well, this is, you know, I know everybody's upset a little bit about some of the pit rules and the changes and this and that and the other. But now as far as the equipment getting wrinkled up and whatever, this is typical Bristol racing. It really is. And Junior ought to know, too. He's got 21 wins here, more wins than anybody else. As a matter of fact, we were going over the records as far as active car owners. Junior's got 21 wins here. Next in line is Richard Childress with five. There are a couple of other car owners in between there. But as far as active car owners, Junior with 21 wins here at Bristol Raceway. 
Parkway in Tennessee. When did they decide, Barn, going back a few years, did they decide, because a lot of folks may not realize this used to be basically a flat racetrack or a conventional-looking racetrack. When did they and why did they decide to bring up the banking to 36 degrees more than uh, Daytona or Talladega? What was the deal then? Well, I think they, they at that time, uh, Bristol was not one of the faster half-mile tracks being a flat track, kind of like Bowman Gray and some of the others where you on a flat track you don't have the banking, you can't get the speed. And there was a little competition among track owners back in those days, Enix Staley and probably Clay Earls, that each had the faster track or this and that and the other. And one thing led to that, and you probably don't remember it because you wasn't with us back in those days, but Nashville, Tennessee banked their track uh, 34 or 35 degrees at that speedway. So you've been up there, sure. so you know what that thing is. Yep. And uh, at that particular time, it just came into being. They banked it in the mid-60s. I can't remember the exact year the exact year, but it really changed the complexion of racing here because we had come here for four or five years in a row after that banking that went into the racetrack and it kept getting the speeds kept getting faster and faster and faster until today. This is the fastest half mile track that the Winston Cup drivers run on, although it's just a pinch over a true half mile. It is a quick racetrack. As a matter of fact, I believe, uh, and I, I'm not uh, current on some of the all-pro racing numbers, when, when the all-pro circuit and the All-American Challenge Series uh, ran here, Rusty Wallace had the all-time ultimate track record. I think it was like 122 miles an hour at that time, and uh, the Winston Cup poll here today was, uh, this weekend was 118, so you can imagine those uh, Firebirds and Mustangs and Camaros getting around here at 122. I don't remember Remember uh, either on that, but I know they did. They did have an, an all-time record as far as a half-mile speedway. Although there are several tracks around the country that you talked about a moment ago that are similar in uh, the way they're constructed as to Bristol, but. When you come to Bristol, you're going to see an exciting race. I don't care what the pit rules are. You name anything you want to. And when you come here, if you just get out there and race on this track, somebody's going to spin out. Somebody's going to get wrinkled up. You're going to see some good side-by-side racing. We've had a little bit of all of that today. Field was just given the indication, one more lap, and we'll go back to green. That lap is just about halfway completed down the back straightaway, a double-file restart. And Harry Gant still being posted as a leader. Ricky Rudd sits right behind him, and he currently is being shown as the number two car. Down to the inside is Davey Allison. He is third. Pace car pulls in behind the pit wall, and Harry Gant holds him down to a They can't pass the leader now. They finally come up to speed and haul it off into turn number one, and Davey Allison's going for the lead out of turn two. Davey goes right on by Harry Gant. Now Hunt Strickland pulls up alongside Gant. He makes some contact coming into turn two. Ricky Rudd also in the thick of things here. He taps. Scant now goes to the inside. Irvin goes down low. It's three wide off turn four. But it's Ricky Rudd who forces the issue, takes the tied Chevrolet to the point. So Ricky Rudd to that three wide battle comes out with the race lead at Bristol. Ernie Irvin has the second spot here on the back straightaway. A couple of lap cars before we get to the third place car. That's Daryl Waltrip and Dale Jarrett behind him. It's been a long time since I've seen this kind of hard-nosed racing. I'm talking about the slam, bam, thank you, ma'am, and framming and bamming that Dale Earnhardt talks about at Martinsville and some of the other short tracks we go to. We're getting plenty Plenty of that at Bristol this afternoon. The leader, Davey Allison, by about five car lengths over Ricky Rudd. There's a lap car between himself and Rudd right now in the form of Hutt Strickland. Ernie Irvin is in third place. He's about two car lengths behind Ricky Rudd. They're over to turn two. Then two more lap cars before the fourth place machine of Darrell Waltrip directly behind him and a good battle going on there for fifth. That's where Dale Jarrett sits as they head back to turn three. Meanwhile, Harry Gant has emerged the loser in that three-way battle for the lead moments ago. Andy Petrie and the crew working on on the skull banded on pit road. We're changing the right side tires. Billy Irvin, turn turn two. Two. two cars spin around. It's Mickey Gibbs and Chad Little. They spun around together, collected the car of Mark Martin. Michael Waltrip also involved, but everyone is able to drive away. 
Caution is on the speedway. Caution is being displayed to the field. We could have had about seven or eight cars piled up in that one real easy there, but everybody gets through. Michael Walter got a piece of that also as the front end of his car is caved in. Quick recap to Joe Moore. Mickey Gibbs and Chad Little are racing side by side coming into turn number one. One of the cars, Little's car was on the inside of the track. It broke loose, collected Gibbs, and both cars spun up the banking. That's when they collected Michael Waltrip and the other traffic, including Mark Martin in turn two. 300 laps are complete. We've still got 200 more laps to go if we have anybody left out there running with a race car that will run up to race speed. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back to Bristol in a minute. Davey Allison and Ricky Rudd are on the front row as we get set for the restart here in just about a lap's time. Meanwhile, Michael Waltrip is taking his car behind the wall. Michael, you're out for the... Uh, you got, got a problem here. It's kind of fun racing, isn't it? Yeah, I was having a good time. You know, I, I got behind early and it uh, made up two laps and uh, the Pennzoil Pontiac was as strong as ever. I felt like I had a good shot to race them and... Uh, Dick, you must not been racing in a while if you call that fun. I think it's kind of crazy. Uh, it's like a bunch of lunatics out there, and uh, uh, I'm probably one of them, so I can't complain, but uh, just them two boys got together in front of me, and one of them spun high, one of them spun low, and I didn't. I mean, if there was ever a case of nowhere to go, I had nowhere to go, and uh, bad situation. You know, running great. I want to say hello to Pat and Chuck, who's in the hospital in Charlotte. Pat had an operation Friday, and just pray that she's doing okay and let her know that I love her and say hi to everybody back in Kentucky and uh, pretty much... Uh, put another radiator in this little hot rod here and try to go have a little bit more fun. All right. I, uh, that was a joke, guys. Sure it was. We're under green again as they work out of turn number four and head back to turn number one, a race for the lead between Davey Allison and Ricky Rudd. Allison down to the inside. Ricky Rudd goes a little too high in the banking in turn number two, and Davey Allison sweeps around to the inside and takes the lead. It's Allison Rudd, then Ernie Irvin. Hutt Strickland, meanwhile, goes up the banking. He and Darrell Waltrip clip just a bit. He and Dale Jarrett touch just a bit. Hutt is the man who slows coming out of that get-together. The others pull away with some more body damage. Single file coming off turn two again. Davey Allison with Ricky Rudd there. Ernie Irvin about four car lengths back. Darrell Waltrip separated from the front three by two of the lap cars. Talk about Saturday night action. We're seeing it here at Bristol, although this is not a Saturday night. You couldn't prove it by me, the way they're beating and banging out there right now. And you heard Michael Waltrip's statement there just a moment ago. He wants to get back out and have some fun. Here's Hutt Strickland bringing his car onto pit road as they'll go to work on it and try to get him back into the race. And Ricky Rudd goes to work on Davey Allison trying to get the lead back. He had position on him coming off turn number four. Allison shuts the door on him down in turns one and two. Rudd stays right behind Davey Allison, but it's Ernie Irvin who steps out of line. He pulls to the inside of the track, tries to get up alongside Ricky Rudd, and he'll go for it again in turn three. The cars hold their positions for just a moment. They'll get back single file. Alan Kowicki getting set to return to the race as he does with sheet metal paired away from his car. Dick Trickle has finally retired his machine. Ignition failure, the official reason for Trickle being out of the race. 310 laps on the board. Three guys locked together for the lead and three who won't give an inch. Davey Allison is the leader. Ricky Rudd is second. Third is Ernie Irvin. Irvin wants to take second spot away out of turn two. Ernie Irvin goes right to the bottom of the racetrack, coming off turn two, tries to pull up alongside Ricky Rudd, but Rudd beats him to the other end of the speedway, so Irvin's forced to get back in single file. The other car running in that pack of machines is Rusty Wallace. He is still two laps down in 14th spot, but getting around this track now as quickly as the leaders. Irvin well hooked up at the bottom of the racetrack, coming off turn two 
two as everyone else goes high. He's able to make a move down low, but now it's Rudd who takes the low line. Ricky Rudd, very strong, right in the middle of the corner. He can cut that car hard left, stick it down to the bottom of the racetrack, and make it work just about through the middle of the turn. And it doesn't seem to have quite the acceleration coming out of the corner. Davey Allison shuts the door on him one more time. They're back in three. Single file, bumper to bumper. Davey Allison, Ricky Rudd, Ernie Irvin, then the lap car, Rusty Wallace. No one stepping out of line this time. Dale Jarrett's still running in fifth spot, although he is down about 15 or 18 car lengths plus three lapped cars between he and the top four runners. Darrell Waltrip, as we mentioned, is running in the fourth position. Hutch Strickland, after his pit stop, is now 18th, running three laps down. And as Alan Kowicki returns, he is some 54 laps behind the race leader. Ricky Rudd, however, although running second on the racetrack right now, continues to lead the True Value Hard Charger contest this afternoon. Dale Jarrett just got clipped coming off turn number two, got the car about 20 degrees sideways and did a heck of a job of keeping it from going into the inside pit wall. Cost him a lot of position on the racetrack, but he saves a race car. Tell you who's watching all this and probably driving a conservative race and back there having a good time and giggling to himself. And if we could get a word with the crew chief Jeff Hammond a little bit later, but it would be interesting. Darrell Waltrip just picked his way slowly but surely all the way up through the field here. He has 10 wins at Bristol over the years. He currently is being posted back there in fourth place. The leaders are just in the straightaway, about oh, three, four, five seconds ahead of Waltrip. He can watch what's going on up there, and he very well knows the place he's in right now. If anything happens, at least two of those drivers up there could go into the wall. That would automatically move him up a little bit. He's a very patient race driver, very heady race driver. I wouldn't count him out of winning this thing as he works back to turn three. Waltrip's got his own little battle going on there with Morgan Shepard trying to get back on the lead lap. Directly ahead of Waltrip is the Bobby Hillen Jr. car, and Darrell's just not forcing the issue for now. They'll all stack up single file to get around the slower car of Jeff Bodine. That particular track, uh, pack of traffic now coming off turn two. Bobby Hillen leading Darrell Waltrip to the Morgan Shepard car directly behind. We also still have 182 laps remaining in this race. If you're just tuning in, we are 318 laps complete of the 500. What had been a threat of rain earlier today has pretty well evaporated. It's still a very high sky. There are some uh, high clouds, but it does not look as though rain is in the immediate forecast. They're still talking around 7 or 7.30 tonight here in the Tri-Cities area of Tennessee before the bad weather moves in. Meanwhile, the battle back in turn number two was a good one. Ricky Rudd went low to try to pull up alongside Davey Allison as he went low. Ernie Irvin went high. Irvin takes the second spot. Rudd falls back to third. Ernie Irvin had been biding his time. He'd really been getting aggressive there for about eight or ten laps working in among that threesome trying to get up there and take the lead away and he has eased it up now into the number two position. I talked to his crew chief, Tony Glover, yesterday about Ernie Irvin. How hard is it to keep him under control? Do you talk to him a lot during the race? Well, you know, that's one thing. Uh, uh, myself and Ernie, we have a very good relationship, and I can say anything I want to him on the radio without upsetting him. You know, a lot of drivers, if you tell them something, they get mad and they take it the wrong way. But, you know, like, for example, Darlington last week, I said, Ernie, you know, after we'd had a problem in the pits and we'd got behind, and, and you know, a driver gets mad. Yeah. You know, he got mad and he started overdriving the car, and I said, Ernie, you're going to hit the, you're going to hit the fence. I'm not even near the fence, so I kind of let him go for a minute. And I said, Ernie, you're going to hit the fence. He said, I'm nowhere near the fence. Five, lap later, five laps later, he comes and said, I just hit the fence. That's the way it goes sometimes. Ernie Irvin right now really working on Davey Allison. He's been all over him for the last four laps around this racetrack, inside and outside. Currently, he's working on the inside. Every time they come off the corner, Ernie will stick the bottom of that machine right underneath Davey Allison. He does it again out of turn two. His car hooks up so well down low where everyone else has to take a higher line. On the straightaway, though, again, the power of Davey Allison prevails. He holds on the first. They close it on Kyle Petty. He has habitually been taking a high groove, but now Kyle slows the mellow 
yellow Pontiac noticeably on the track. He'll get out of the way of all the race leaders. Irvin looks down low on Davey Allison as Ricky Rudd from the third spot looks to the outside, but everybody goes back single file as they enter turn three. We haven't had any shortage of racing at Bristol, Tennessee or action here this afternoon. And as Eli said, we still have about more than 150 laps remaining in this event with Davey Allison, the leader, Ernie Irvin riding second. And the third place right now is Ricky Rudd. We'll take a break and we'll be back to Bristol in a minute. Back with you here at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. The battle for the lead has not cooled a bit. However, speaking of cooling, Michael Waltrip has just brought his car back onto the racetrack. He's got a new radiator in that hot rod of his, but the hood is also bowed up in the uh, window just a bit. He's coming back to the attention of the crew to get that car uh, tied down. They'll have to use a bungee cord or something to keep that hood in place. The lead battle is in turn number one and two, and still it's Davey Allison leading. Ernie Irvin's right there behind him, really hounding away at the inside of the racetrack, but so far he's not been able to bypass Davey Allison. We did the piece of tape a moment ago with the crew chief uh, Tony Glover on Ernie Irvin's car. He was talking about, he told him all the other week that he was going to hit the fence. I guarantee you Tony Glover is on that radio right now, and I'm, I'm pretty sure a time or two, the way Ernie is slinging that car around this racetrack, he's said something very similar to that. But for the moment, Ernie Irvin really working to get the lead away. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Here at Bristol, Tennessee, Ernie Irvin gets the position this time out of turn number four on Davy Allison. A drag race down the front straightaway. Who's going to give as they go off into turn number one? Neither car. A lapped car may come into play. Mickey Gibbs directly ahead as they come off turn two, but Ernie Irvin has the edge. Allison pulls even again, though, and they're side by side in turn three. They go up the banking just a little bit. Mickey Gibbs is the car down low. Now, if Davy can jam Mickey Gibbs' car there and use him as a bit of a pick, it'll pay off, and it's going to work. Mickey Gibbs will keep Ernie Irvin back in second spot. Allison goes around to the outside to hold on to the lead. Irvin quickly falls back in line in single file. That was one of the few times today that outside groove has been the place to be, and it was for Davey Allison. So for this lap around, Ernie Irvin now backs off a couple of car lengths to kind of regroup and dismount and maybe fight on foot. As they say in the Calvary, they head back to turn three. Davey Allison leads the way. He now closing in on some more lap traffic. Bill Elliott and Brent Bodine directly ahead of the race leader. We told you Michael Waltrip is back on the track. He is 37 laps down at this point. They are posting him to go back on the racetrack and running in 26th position. Alan Kowicki has just come in for another pit stop and some tire smoke from Jimmy Spencer as he forces the car Joe Moore in the turn. Spencer got it crossed up coming off turn number two. He's been riding that outside lane all afternoon and it's cost him a few times and losing positions. That time it almost cost him in a race car because he got it crossed up pretty good but did a relatively good job of saving the machine. Working back into traffic up in turn number three, Davey Allison continues to set the pace in the Valleydale 500. They are showing 343 laps now complete in the event here this afternoon. The front three still locked very much together as they work back into turns one and two, while old DW, Darrell Walker, just kind of cools it back there and kind of looks over the situation. Dale Jarrett rides right behind him. He will be the fifth-place car. Here come the front three out of turn number four as they hang it out again coming off the corner. Let's go to pit road. Well, Jeff Hammond, the crew chief for Daryl Waller, setting up on the box, giving him his lap time. Jeff, you guys got the thing hooked up pretty good. Has Daryl said anything? Well, Dick's been trying to keep our nose clean all day long. I'm telling you, this has been one of the worst races I've ever seen. You know, no give and take today. We've been trying to keep out of trouble. Daryl's done a good job of that. We hope the track will come to us, and it seems like it is. Uh, you know, we're at a big disadvantage being on the back stretch, but we've got a lot of racing here to go yet, so maybe we'll get another good stop in and we'll have something for them here toward the end. Well, I think Daryl's probably one of the best at uh, just setting Biden his time, all right. Really doesn't have to prove anything to anybody, and uh, 
Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens, but he's the only car out there that's not skinned up very bad. Well, there's a couple of them, but he's one of the only cars. Waltrip is a smart race driver. He'll save his equipment, and he knows a track like Bristol. You certainly need all that race car to get it done in the final laps if you come down doing a little door-to-door -door racing. And he likes a hot and slick racetrack. And apparently this racetrack is beginning to get a little slippery because we're seeing that groove really move out toward the wall in both ends of the speedway. 348 laps are on the board. Davey Allison works out of turn number four, back into the straightaway, goes by the ailing car of Jeff Bodine that looks like it's been in a demolition derby and heads over to turn two. Ernie Irvin may have just about used his tires up, Barney, because he slipped coming off turn four a few laps ago. Let Ricky Rudd get by on the outside. Rudd is now taken second, and Irvin has dropped back a couple of car lengths from that first-place battle. Ken Schrader's car back on the racetrack now. He is in 30th position, 156 laps down. Ted Musgrave just brings his car onto the pit lane for service. He was on the lead lap in 8th position. He has very quietly been one of the stories here today. The driver from Franklin, Wisconsin, who is a graduate of the American Speed Association ASA competition. He has been as high as the top 5 this afternoon. He came in for a pit stop just moments ago on lap 349, two laps Ago. He's had a real good run here. Here comes that battle again out of turn number four. Ricky Rudd tried to get underneath. Davey Allison coming down into the straightaway. He took a look ahead, and there's a couple of lap cars riding door to door, side by side, and just decides for the moment to tuck back in single file. We're talking to a couple of the drivers that have fallen out of the race here this afternoon about well, how wild it is out there, Michael Walker being one of those. Kyle Petty talked about yesterday that no nobody on the racetrack cuts anyone any slack anymore. You know, when a wreck happens, somebody lets off, you try to take a position from them, and everybody does it. You know, it's just one of those deals. So, you know, and that's why we have a lot of accidents that, that are just end up being stupid accidents is what it amounts to. Because if you give a guy a little room to get back in line, or if he gives you a little room to get back in line, or, or to make a mistake and, and get it back, then you're okay. But the deal is, you know, it's, these guys are, are, are going for everything they can get. Uh, there's a lot of people trying to win races, a lot of people trying to prove that they can win races. A lot of big sponsors out here. So anytime somebody makes a slip, then you try to take advantage of it. And, you know, there's a, a lot of things happened this year and over the past couple of years that probably shouldn't have happened, but have happened for that reason. Kyle Petty talking about the give and take being gone out of this business. Ernie Irvin got punched a little bit going off turn two there a moment ago. He went awfully high off the corner, and Joel Moore, I don't know if he did or did not tag the wall. You probably had the better view, but whatever happened, he has lost that piece of the battle for the lead. Irvin just brushed along the wall as he came off turn number two. Did a good job of saving the machine, but as you say, he did lose several spots. <laughs> we're just laughing here. Tony Glover probably said, I told you you were going to hit the fence. But uh, here now, Darrell Waltrip battles with Ernie Irvin. That is for third and fourth spot. And Darrell has the inside groove. And he'll bypass Irvin in turn number two. But Ernie might come back. Ernie looks to the inside, coming off the corner. That's where he's been handling so well this afternoon. But this time it does not work in turn three. So Darrell Waltrip moves a little bit closer to the front. He now is up in third position. A lot of racing left here at Bristol, Tennessee. Davey Allison is a leader. The lap car of Richard Petty is between himself and the second-place machine of Ricky Rudd. We'll take a break, and we'll be back to Bristol. Well, we are under caution here at Bristol, and boy, when it happens among the leaders, it can be a big turnaround in story. Davey Allison and Darrell Waltrip were coming off turn number four, and Davey just got right into the rear of Darrell Waltrip. Now, whether the cars slowed or whatever, it was tough to tell, but whatever happened, the outcome was that Waltrip, although he's continuing around, he just has a punch mark in the caboose. That car did spin, and we are under caution here on the 368th lap. And Darrell Waltrip did a heck of a job of keeping that car out of an inside pit 
wall. He barely missed the end of the pit wall going off into turn number one. You can see a big dent in the rear bumper. Davey Allison just really crunched into him for whatever reason coming off turn number four. And there may be some tempers flare there between these two before the day is out. Waltrip will continue around this racetrack. And meanwhile, Davey Allison will bring his car to the attention of his pit crew on pit road. Let's cover his stop. Davey Allison's crew goes to the right side of the Haviland Ford. We're also taking the legs loose. Joey Knuckles is on the left side of the automobile, so it's going to be a four-tire stop for him. Sterling Martin is also in. Rick Bass, Hutch Strickland on this side of pit road. Rusty Wallace is in. His crew is putting on four brand-new tires. And also Alan Kowicki is now entering the pit lane to get his service probably four tires. The pit board is also out for Ernie Irvin. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Bill Elliott came in on the backside uh, trying to get some work done on his car. Michael Waller. There's not a whole lot of guys over here that's... Uh, that uh, are up in the, in the lead part of the thing, but uh, they're waiting for Darrell Waller to come in. He can't come back until uh, the second lap under the caution. Uh, the same thing with Jimmy Spencer. He just got one of his laps back uh, just about three laps before the caution came out. So they'll be back in the next time by. Here come some more of the front runners. Mark Martin will bring his car into the pits. Ernie Irvin is in. Let's go back to Jim Brook. Uh, Jim Phillips. Ricky Rudd is getting four tires and gasoline on the tide Chevrolet. Ernie Irvin has his uh, Chevrolet in. They're putting on four tires on it. Also, uh, Mark Martin is in. They're working on the left side of his car right now. Dale Earnhardt is in to get some service on his damaged Chevrolet. As Ernie Irvin goes back onto the pit lane, we'll get a word with Tony Glover. Tony, during that, sec during that segment, you fell back just a little bit. Did you make adjustment on the car? Well, he, he kept getting under Davey and kept getting under Davey. And, uh, you know, it's just good, clean, short track racing. And, you know, Davey was racing him hard, and it got our right side tires overheated, so he had to back off and cool them down. We're okay, though. You know, the Kodak Chevrolet's running really good. That's Tony Glover, the crew chief for Ernie Irvin. Darrell Walter was into the back pits. Dick Brooks is over there, and it was really hard to tell how much damage is done to his car, Dick. Well, it doesn't look like any. Dale Jarrett was in also, and he's back out on the racetrack with four tires and uh, full of fuel. Darrell's car didn't have any, anything except... Uh, as uh, Eli said in the caboose there, just uh, got a little ding, but uh, uh, they got him back out. It's not going to affect the car any if he just didn't get out of sorts. So we are under caution here, working it uh, for the 15th time this afternoon. As uh, we told you, we've had 20 caution flags uh, here at uh, Bristol a couple of years ago. This particular race back in 1989, that was the 15th of the afternoon here today. Lap 371. At the conclusion of today's Valleydale 500 broadcast, Barney and I will select the Habitampa Close But No Cigar Award. The winning driver getting $500 from Habitampa Cigars and MRN Radio. And we'll also find out later today who will win the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. Western Auto always selects the mechanic of the race who gets $1,000 on race day. And there's a $25,000 award being paid at the end of the season. Waddell Wilson is currently the leader there. Waddell crew chiefing for Ricky Rudd. Larry McReynolds is now in the second spot combining his efforts between uh, Brett Bodine earlier this year and currently Davey Allison's car. Then Tony Glover from the Ernie Irvin machine, Andy Petrie, crew chief for Harry Gant, and Danny Glad of Alan Kowicki's efforts. So uh, that's how it stacks up on the seasonal basis right now. We're still working that caution here. 372 laps are on the scoreboard as this is going to rejumble the settings at the front of the field for the moment as just about all the front runners were in and out of the pits. And it looks like in a couple of more laps, we will go back to green flag racing. Talk about a wild and woolly day. We have had a wild and woolly day. We have had uh, 
a strange one to say the very least. The cloud cover uh, continues to intensify here as we are now at lap 373 of 500. The cars on the lead lap are uh, Davey Allison, Ricky Rudd, Daryl Waltrip. This was just uh, prior to the caution flag. Ernie Irvin was running in the fourth spot at that time. The way they're running at this very moment, uh, they are posted uh, Davey Allison, then Sterling Marlin on the lead lap, Ernie Irvin being shown on the lead lap. Also, Mark Martin and Ricky Rudd still on the lead lap in sixth is Dale Jarrett. Seventh is Darrell Waltrip. Eighth spot belongs to the uh, Terry Labonte car. They are also posting Jimmy Spencer on the lead lap. Those nine cars on the lead lap. First car a lap down will be Harry Gant. Also a lap down will be Rusty Wallace in 11th. Two laps down now in 12th spot will be Chad Little, 13th Joe Rutman, 14th will be Bobby Hillen, and 15th is Ted Musgrave as we get set to go back to green. Field is uh, doubling up over in turn number two for a restart. It looks like Davey Allison's car very slow going off into turn number one and down on the apron of the racetrack, and he may have some serious problems on that car. We'll check that out as he has moved all the way to the tail end of the field here for the moment. Pace car takes him up into turn number three right now, pulls down off the banking in turn number four and about to hit pit road, and it looks like Mark Martin is going to be posted as the leader on this restart with Ernie Irvin second as they're going to battle off into turn number one behind a couple of lap cars, or at least one lap car, Rusty Wallace out of turn two. Martin's got to get around Harry Gant and Rusty Wallace here as he comes down the back straightaway. Those two machines running well up to speed directly ahead of Harry Gant. Then comes Irvin, Ricky Rudd, and the Sterling Marlin car. Richard Petty's car bangs off Morgan Shepard. They cast a little sheet metal to the outside retaining wall. Richard manages to stay in a straight line and everybody continues to wait. Now Richard goes high again. This time Jimmy Spencer was rooting his way to the inside of the STP Pontiac. Mark Martin, the leader out of turn number four. Ernie Irvin will go to work on him. He is the second place car. Ricky Rudd is right up there with him. He currently is third as they head back into turns one and two and Sterling Marlin who's had a frustrating day but nevertheless is right now running fourth. They're heading up to three. Things are hot up front as Mark Martin is working on Harry Gant trying to put that car down a lap again. They made contact in turn two, but Martin gets by, as does Irvin and Ricky Rudd. Now with Rusty Wallace having positioned himself where he is, he'll be on the tail end of the lead lap. So now we're showing 10 cars on the lead lap here at Bristol with 122 laps of racing remaining. Harry Gant is coming to the pit lane. He is a lap down in 11th. He'll come to the attention of Andy Petrie and the crew while Mark Martin leads him off turn two. Good battling is for the second spot. Ernie Irvin there trying to hold off Ricky Rudd. Rudd had pulled up alongside. For now, they're forced to go single file going around lap traffic. Mark Martin, who hasn't made a lot of noise all day long, currently enjoys an advantage of about five or six car lengths. In fact, that's the biggest daylight we've seen for the lead here uh, in the last hour or so at Bristol. The battle's for second place. It works up to turn three. Ricky Rudd still there, riding directly behind the Ernie Irvin car. Sterling Marlin next in line. He's about two more car lengths behind. This is on lap 381 of 500. Mark Martin leading for only the second time this year. Martin led for 21 laps at Atlanta Motor Speedway a number of weeks ago. This only the other, it's the only other race that Mark Martin has led this season. That's been a bit of a surprise, Barney, the way everybody figured ending as well as they did and running for the championship all of last year. A lot of folks figured Mark come right out of the box in a hurry here in 91, and it never really happened. There have been a lot of race teams over the years that might have a terrific season, and everybody expected them to be the car to beat next year. They really haven't had that bad of a season compared to the year before they've had a bad season, but right. uh, 
uh, overall, they're beginning to get things turned around right now. There's no particular reason why the team has just been having problems. But for the last couple of races, he's been showing a lot stronger. And today, he's showing extremely strong, as he currently is a leader. He's stayed out of trouble all day long himself, much like Darrell Waltrip did until just a few minutes ago. And thus now, he enjoys a lead of a little better than a second and a half over Ernie Irvin and Ricky Rudd. Let's go to the pits. The deal with Davey Allison on the restart, he was told to go to the rear by NASCAR because he bumped Darrell Waltrip. He didn't let him back in line, so it was an infraction on the day on Davey Allison's party to sit to the rear of the field on this restart. Well, that is the reason Davey Allison suddenly dropped back and went to the tail end of the field, as we reported that he pulled off down to the apron of the racetrack, going off into turn number one. Meanwhile, Darrell Waltrip continues to ride out there, and he is pretty much up to race speed what he was before. He spun all the way down the front straightaway a minute ago, so don't count him out of it. He currently is being posted in sixth position and still running very strong despite the fact that he's got a big dent in the rear of that car. And otherwise, other than that, doesn't appear to be any damage on the machine. 386 laps are about to go up on the scoreboard as the leader works around. And again, lap traffic's going to come into play here very shortly as they work out of turn number two. Martin hits the back straightaway while further behind him. The battle for fourth is a good one. Dale Jarrett with his Ford trying to track down Sterling Marlin. He pulls to the inside of Marlin in three. As they work back off the number two, or rather number four corner, Dale Jarrett gets back in line behind Sterling Marlin. What an unusual looking rundown, Barney, with the ten cars on the lead lap. Other cars that are still running are as many as 155 laps down, and that's among the top 29 cars on this racetrack. A strange looking rundown. And the car that's being shown some 91 laps down, Bill Elliott, Kenny Schrader's the car that's 155 laps behind. Alan Kowicki is 63 laps down, and Michael Waltrip is being reported some 37. Jeff Bodine is 36 laps behind. That's just hard to believe, but it's been that kind of day here at Bristol, Tennessee. 390 laps are up on the scoreboard. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back. We are at 102 laps remaining in the Valleydale 500 here at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. The way they are running, Mark Martin is the leader. Ernie Irvin now second, Ricky Rudd third, Dale Jarrett fourth, Sterling Marlin is fifth, sixth is Darrell Waltrip, seventh Terry Labonte, eighth Jimmy Spencer, ninth is Davey Allison, and the last car in the lead lap is Rusty Wallace, his Pontiac out there championing away. And uh, speaking of Pontiacs, we've got a Pontiac winner out in Grover City, California this afternoon. Kelly Claiborne has won the right guard halfway challenge. She knew what had transpired here at halfway. Consequently, she is now the winner of brand new Pontiac Grand Prix SE. And your next chance to participate in the right guard halfway challenge will be at the Winston 500, May the 5th in Talladega. And the phone lines are now accepting entries for that next right guard halfway challenge sweepstakes. The number to call is 1-900-226-6600. Or just pick up an entry form at your local store. The phone calls do cost 95 cents. You must be at least 18 years of age to enter. Working lap 402. We're in the final 100 laps of the Valleydale 500 here this afternoon, looking at an awful lot of damaged race cars that are still out there running, and despite the fact that half the field has some kind of sheet metal damage on it, the competition is still just about as good as it has been in any race we have seen all season long. It's about to get even better as Ernie Irvin has closed in on the leader in turn three. Irvin's right up on the rear deck of Mark Martin, and they're closing in on slower traffic. As those cars work around Alan Kowicki off turn number four, there is going to be caution on the speedway now. There is oil, I believe, venting from the rear of the Lake Speed machine. He had dropped down to a rather reduced speed, and there was clearly something coming out of the back of that car as he went uh, past the start-finish line. 
and looked as though he put a ring of whatever that is, water, uh, oil, what have you, all the way around the racetrack. So Mark Martin will lead them back uh, to the stripe now, and caution is on the speedway for the 16th time this afternoon on lap number 405 of 500. Well, just about to ask either Dick Brooks or Jim Phillips, Dick will ask you, They most of the drivers made their last pit stop at about lap 367, somewhere in that range. If this race had stayed green, if they were probably be able to go the distance, I guess fuel-wise they could have. But uh, will we see quite a few of these guys ducking in under this caution? Well, I don't know uh, whether the Ernie Urban crew, they're pretty well satisfied with their position. See, we're in a position part of the race right now where you have to maintain a position, so I don't think they will come in and, and get tires. They have the gasoline to go the distance. They said they could run about 170 laps with gasoline. I think uh, some of the other cars will come in. Here comes Rusty Wallace. Of course, he got one of his laps back then. He's trying to get another lap back right now by putting on four tires and be a lot faster than the, the leaders. Davey Allison, uh, he, he also came in. I don't know the reason for him. I guess because he got behind that time. Dick Brooks? Well, uh, first of all, Lake Speed is, uh, just came in the garage here. Lake, what happened? Dick, I'm not sure. It seems like uh, maybe from that original incident, something happened to one of the fittings. The line broke on the rear end, let the rear end grease out of it. So they got to try to fix it and put the grease back in rear end, and then we'll be able to go back. It was in the transmission of rear end one. There's some, uh, some heavy gear lube, anyway, all over the back of the car, and it's stringing out from underneath it. I don't know uh, about the people pitting. I, I can't see over on the front straightaway, but uh, I would think that uh, if they haven't, I would think they'd bring Rudd in and change some tires on him. He got uh, a set of tires. It's just not uh, working too well for him, and he was slipping back a little bit, and I don't know if they will or not. It'll be hard to give up track position, as Jim Phillips pointed out, because if you have to wake, work your way back up through some of the lapped and unlapped traffic, I'd rather grab a tiger by the tail than to do that here today, hadn't you? I would think so. And right now we're also watching uh, the hardest-working fellows at this racetrack, the uh, cleanup crew. They have now made two full laps and uh, continue around still with that speedy drive just uh, pouring out of the back of the truck. Uh, from the uh, problems that Lake Speed described to us just a short while ago. So we continue under caution for the 16th time today. Next weekend, we're going to be in your uh, neighborhood there, Bar. What do you live, about uh, five, six miles away from the North Wilkesboro Speedway? Uh, I'm not real sure. I, no, it's about eight, <laughs> eight or nine miles from uh, the racetrack up We're there. going to be in, uh, in Barney's hometown. He's having us all over for dinner. So, folks, if you're listening, head on over to Barney's house next week. Just... Now, come on over. I've got something. I've got something I need to get rid of. <laughs> First Union 400 next weekend in North Wilkesboro. Our broadcast at 12:45 Eastern Time next Sunday afternoon. Our weekend of action begins with the Bush Pole Show Friday afternoon at 10 after 3, and then Saturday the Pit Road Preview at 4:30 Eastern Time. And as we say, one week from today, the First Union 400 at 12:45 Eastern Time. The ticket office is open right now at Enoch Staley's North Wilkesboro Speedway. And then looking ahead for the next number of weeks, the Haynes. At Clay Earls Martinsville Speedway, April 28th. In May, we'll be with you at the Winston 500 from Talladega Super Speedway. That's May 5th. May 19th, the Winston NASCAR's All Star Race will be at uh, the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Then May 26th, the Coca Cola 600, also in Charlotte. In the month of June, we'll be with you from Dover Downs International Speedway, June 2nd, for the Budweiser 500. Then it's out to the West Coast for June 9th, the Banquet 300 at Sears Point Raceway in Sonoma, California. On then to Pocono, Pennsylvania, for the Champion Spark Plug 500, June the 16th. June 23rd, the Miller 400 at Michigan International Speedway in Brooklyn, Michigan, and the first half of the season wraps up with the Pepsi 400 at Daytona International Speedway on July the 6th, and all of those ticket offices are open right now. They'd certainly love to hear from you. Let's go to Pit Road. 
Well, I had a problem with that Rusty Wallace pit stop that time. Harold Elliott, what happened? Well, he had a rounded lug nut off the right front. Jimmy's tire, he couldn't get it off, so we had to come back in and get that off and put a new tire on. We should be okay. That's Harold Elliott who builds the engines, also works on the pit crew of Rusty Wallace. Well, we've got the front five cars really locked up together when we get ready to go back to this restart here. It's going to be a lengthy caution as they're putting quite a bit of the stay dry. Uh, the oil absorbency down in turns one and two to get up some of that grease that was put down by Lake Speed's machine a moment ago. Now, the leader is Mark Martin. Right behind him is Ernie Irvin. And having one of his best runs in a long, long time, and it, uh, I'm sitting here thinking you probably remember because your memory's not much better than mine, but a little bit. Didn't Dale Jarrett have a great run here last year in one of the races at Bristol? He currently is up in third, so he's got a shot to win this That's right. Thing. Dale Jarrett, particularly in Bush Grand National Competition, he had a couple of second-place finishes in Bush Competition here a year ago and also ran well in the Winston Cup event. So uh, you're right, this is a track that he has seemed to have taken uh, very, very well, too, over the years. 411 laps on the board right now. We're a couple of laps shy of going back to work. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Field forming up for that double file restart. Now on the lead lap and is going to have a shot to go for the lead when they put him back under green. Down in the inside lane right at the front of the pack is Sterling Marlin in a badly damaged car. Had the rear end crunch done it pretty bad earlier this afternoon. What a job he has done to keep it in contention. The leader on the outside is Mark Martin as they try to catch the pace car. Now the caution is going to go one more lap before they turn him loose. So that front row is going to get an interesting couple of Fords up there. May beat and bang a little bit to see who gets the lead here as the laps wind down in the Valleydale 500. The third-place car is Dale Jarrett. Fourth, Sterling Marlin, although he's going to be able to move right up to the front of the pack due to this rule change here, the way they're working the pits today and how you make the stops and go back onto the racetrack. And there's old DW, Darrell Waltrip, in that Western Auto machine currently being posted fifth. So it's going to be a real scramble when they turn them loose in about two-thirds of a lap as they work out of turn number two and head up to Joe Moore. Lights are off atop the Pontiac safety car as they come about halfway down the back straightaway. The two Fords sitting up front against Sterling Marlin down on the inside. On the outside, Mark Martin. Almost all the cars showing quite a bit of damage here at this stage of the race. Well, here we go. The lights are out on that Pontiac. Elmo Langley gets out of the way in a hurry. And now Sterling Marlin will try and flex the muscles on the Maxwell House Ford. But here comes the Folgers coffee car. Davey Allison with a little shove to try and help Sterling get going. But it's not going to work there in turn one. Ernie Irvin jumps around Sterling Marlin. He grabs second and now goes to work on Mark Martin. Off turn two. He looked at the inside. Irvin did. There wasn't a chance to make the move. He follows as Sterling Marlin goes high in turn three. Sterling Marlin got drop kicked a little bit that time by Davey Allison. But I don't think that was a intentional at all because it looked like Sterling just did not come up to speed. Here's a battle for the lead out of turn number two. Battle doesn't last long. Ernie Irvin drove down to the inside of the track and right on by Mark Martin, your new leader, Ernie Irvin. Those other cars go high through the banking, including Harry Gant, Ricky Rudden against Sterling Marlin. Ernie Irvin takes the lead. It brings cheers to a group of fans standing in front of the press box here. They root for that team based in Abington, Virginia, just about 15 miles up the road. The Morgan McClure Racing Shop's located there. Lap 4 15 is on the board. Let's bring you up to speed again on some uh, scoring. They are now showing five cars on the lead lap with Ernie Irvin, Mark Martin, Davey Allison, along with Dale Jarrett and Daryl Waltrip. They are also showing at this point one lap down the Rusty Wallace car. So Rusty, who had been on the lead lap posted that way earlier, is now being posted a lap down in 10th position. But Rusty's in striking distance to get himself back on the tail end of that lead lap. And if we should get a caution here, if he can get uh, past the front three cars and get back on the lead lap, and stranger things have happened at this racetrack, he would still have a shot to win it. 
The front three all linked up together, half a car length apart. Ernie Irvin is the leader. Mark Martin rides in the number two spot. Davey Allison is third. Then the lap car rides in that pack of traffic. That will be Rusty Wallace, the fourth place car, Dale Jarrett, and the fifth place machine as they work back into turn number one. Darrell Waltrip, and they head out of turn two and up to Joe Moore in three. Davey Allison goes to work on Mark Martin here, battling for that second spot. No chance to make the move now. Fresh tires for Rusty Wallace, enabling him to really drive the wheels off that machine. He's trying to get back on the tail end of the lead lap. For now, they'll all go single file back to turn number one. But now, Rusty turns up the steam, looks to the outside of the Mark Martin car for Davey Allison machine. No chance to make the move, so he falls back in single file. Sterling Marlin, who is on the lead lap after not coming up to speed all that well, he is running back in ninth position right now. He is about uh, the length of a straightaway down from the race leader. So on a double check on score. Trouble in turn number one. Sterling Marlin hits the wall hard. Flames erupt from the machine. He rolls down the banking to the inside. Fire in Sterling Marlin's car. A big plume of smoke inside the car and outside the car. It has bounced off the wall between turns one and two as the safety crews run out there. We can see Sterling bailing out of that car, but there was an awful lot of fire in that machine for just a moment. There is still some fire burning on the right side of Sterling Marlin's car. A very hard crash in turn one. Sterling has bailed out of the driver's side window. He has rolled a couple of times on the uh, ground. The safety crews were there before the car even came to a halt. Other crew members are there looking on as well. Sterling is up and walking away with the assistance of some of the cleanup crews. Now as they get him away from the racetrack, crew members from different racing teams take over while the cleanup members tend to the race car that still had some flames coming from it. But Sterling Marlin jumped out of the window, rolled a couple of times, and then did walk away with the assistance of some other crew members. There's a scary, scary moment. We are under caution here at Bristol at lap 423 for Sterling Marlin's crash in turns one and two. A further update when we come back. Today's Valleydale 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. By STP, the official car care products of the Daytona 500. By Peak Antifreeze, only Peak gives you peak protection. And by world-class protection of Pennzoil Motor Oil. Pennzoil, ever since America learned to drive. We are back with you at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee, working the cleanup of the 17th caution flag of the afternoon. Sterling Marlin's car impacting the outside retaining wall in turn number two. It erupts in flames. Sterling, as we have well documented through his crew chief, Mike Beam, did uh, climb out of the car, uh, was helped over towards the ambulance, and has been taken to the infield care center. But uh, you heard the reports from Mike Beam moments ago, so no need to elaborate on that. They have opened the uh, crossover gate across the way. Uh, one would speculate it is to remove Sterling Marlin's car, which is now on the flatbed truck. We'll have to wait and see exactly what transpires there. But uh, the crossover gate has been opened as the field continues under caution. And now some very, very heavy clouds beginning to move into the uh, Tri-Cities area here in Tennessee. That uh, nice sunshine of earlier has long since disappeared. Now you can look back to the west and see some very dark clouds on the horizon. And the Weather Bureau had forecast a possibility of some showers coming later this afternoon. And this being later this afternoon, we're just past the 4 o'clock mark. So hopefully we'll be able to get this race in without the rain coming to the speedway. The quickest lap of the third segment of the Valley. Valleydale 500 was run on lap 269 when Harry Gant 
clocked in at 17.155 seconds for a speed of 111.851 miles an hour. But that was not the fastest lap of the day in the Holly Farms Lickety Split Award. And we'll keep you posted on that throughout the afternoon as the skies are beginning to overcast very quickly here at Bristol right now. This will be a long caution flag to give them time to clean up that racetrack over there. Uh, quite a bit of heat, flame, and everything else came out from under the car at Sterling Marlin's machine. Let's see if we can get a further update from Pitt Road. Well, Tom Carter's standing here with uh, well, part of the team. Tom, you see him walk in. Is he okay? Yeah, he seems to be okay. He's got a little bit of burned skin on his cheeks, maybe a little bit of his hair. He had a problem pulling his gloves off, but I think just except for a, what looks like a bad sunburn, otherwise he's all right. All right, I'll tell you that uh, fire is a terrible thing for, for about everybody that's ever driven a race car. And it kind of uh, gets everybody excited. Most of the time, it comes out okay. NASCAR hasn't had anybody hurt and firing a long, long time, and I think this one probably is going to be all right, too. They say he's probably okay. Well, of course, they wire, wear the uh, fire retardant uniforms. Just about every driver that I know of wears the uh, fireproof gloves, and a lot of them have the, the face mask and whatever else in the, in the deal. So it is very unusual for a driver to get burned seriously because the safety features that they have simply required in these cars in the last few years have really done their job exactly what they're designed to do. So as we continue under caution, the front pit road now opening up. Mark Martin will come in to uh, make a pit stop here on lap number 430. Kyle Petty also in for pit service. Joe Rutman has been in. Likewise, uh, others. Here comes Dale Earnhardt, who, if you're joining us, was involved in an accident very early in the day. He is some uh, 14 laps down, running in 21st position as uh, the cleanup continues out in turns one and two, and they are now just now removing uh, the Sterling Marlin car on a flatbed, and they'll take it, I'm sure, directly out of the racetrack. Don't forget, folks, the Goodies Daytona 500 Dream Vacation Sweepstakes is underway here again in 1991 with that grand prize being a Daytona 500 Dream Vacation. We've got a couple of tickets to the 1992 Daytona 500 by STP. We've got a couple of tickets to the 1992 Goodies 300 at Daytona International Speedway, an escorted tour of the NASCAR Winston Cup garage area, accommodations for two people for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn in Daytona Beach, Florida. That is one of the Ocean's Eleven resorts, which is headquarters for MRN, and $1,500 in spending money. Also, we're giving away eight racing holiday of the month prizes throughout this year with a couple of tickets to a selected Winston Cup race and $500 in cash. If you'd like to enter, send the front panel from any size package of goodies, headache powders or tablets, or just write the word goodies in plain block letters on a 3 by 5 card. And make sure you include your name, address, telephone number, and the call letters of your local MRN station. The address is goodies race for the money. Post Office Box 2888, Daytona Beach, Florida, and the zip code is 32115. There is no purchase required, void where prohibited by law. All federal and local regulations do apply, and complete rules are available where you buy goodies products. Pit stops continue here under caution. Let's go back down to pit road for an update on those stops. Well, Kyle Petty's been in one more time to work on his machine. Also, the Dale Earnhardt machine was in there. Just uh, checked with the Rusty Wallace crew. Of course, he got one of those laps back. They said right now the car feels as good as it has all day long. So look for him to try to get the other lap back and get back to racing. They are going to have to uh, open that crossover gate again. They're going to bring the blower out to help uh, remove some of the uh, 
speedy dry and all that was in the uh, lower portion of the racetrack. Uh, the, uh, not only the speedy dry, but when they keyed the uh, fire extinguishers, that obviously leaves a good bit of telltale behind it. So we will continue under this caution on lap number 432. It's been a strange afternoon here at Bristol. That's the truth. It really has. We've had a little bit of everything happen. We've had some good, exciting racing almost from the start to the finish, but this one is far from being over. Just 432 laps are on the board, so obviously quite a few laps left to go here. And a lot of cars still very much in contention to win the race. But for the moment, Ernie Irvin is the leader. We'll take a break and we'll be back. Well, the indication has just been given that it will be two laps to go, and we'll be back to green flag racing here at Bristol. The wind really beginning to kick up and the temperature dropping a bit here at Tri-Cities, Tennessee. As we get set to go back to green here very shortly, the blower now leaving turn number two, the area where uh, Sterling Marlin's car finally came to a stop, and they have uh, cleared off as much of the speedy dry and the... Uh, aftermath of the uh, fire extinguishers as they could. We'll be back to green here in just a couple of laps. Let's check in with Jim Phillips. Go with Larry McReynolds here. Larry, you fought your way back from the back. Now you're up there where you can race. How about it? Well, we've had a good car all day, Jim. You know, we just, we got a little fresher tires than some of our competitors. Uh, all we can do is just see what happens. It's Bristol. A lot of cautions today. That's Davey Ellison's crew chief, Larry McReynolds. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how the outcome of this one shapes up as the pace car takes them back into turns three and four. The safety lights are still on, indicating it will be at least one more lap before they put them back under green as they have cleaned up turns one and two, and the racetrack is in good shape, and they get ready to go. And they're also looking up at the skies right now because those overcasts and low clouds are beginning to move in. And I'm going to speculate, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's not going to be too many hours or m much more than an hour or so before we could have some showers here at the racetrack. And they want to get this race concluded under green and a dry speedway if we can. Double file restart out of turn number two. Ernie Irvin is the leader. Davey Allison is second. Those two cars are right up on the front row. Allison is down on the inside. Outside is Ernie Irvin. The third place car, great run for Dale Jarrett here this afternoon in the Sitco Ford of the Wood Brothers. Fourth place, Darrell Waltrip had been shown up there a moment ago. Now they're showing Darrell a little further back. He must have made a pit stop that we missed in watching all the cleanup efforts and everything going on down in turns one and two. Here they come out of turn number four. Green flag is in the air. Ernie Irvin takes off. Davey Allison takes off even quicker and races him off into the corner and will get the lead out of turn two. Davey jumps out front and leads him off turn two and onto the back straight away. They're battling directly behind him as Irvin's trying to hold Rusty Wallace down. Ernie Irvin goes high now in turn number four. That will allow Rusty Wallace to become the buffer car between Davey and himself and at the same time again we stress the heavy overcast skies they're racing the weather as well as the laps remaining Wallace looks to the inside of Davey Allison trying to get back on the lead lap not able to do it but here he goes for it in turn four Davey Allison may decide not to fool with Rusty Wallace he doesn't want to take a chance of getting knocked up or bumped around at this late in the race and may just say let him go and let's see what happens here meanwhile he's got his hands full again with Ernie Irvin back in turn three Ernie Irvin's there knocking on the door looking for a chance to get by he'll peek down low in turn four. No chance to do it. He falls back in single file. Cars still beating and banging off one another like there was no tomorrow here. Rusty Wallace has gotten back on the tail end of the lead lap on this restart too. Davey Allison leads the way again. He is behind Rusty Wallace by several car licks, but the good battle is for the lead as Irvin again bears down on Allison. 442 laps go up on the scoreboard in the Valleydale 500 this afternoon. They work it back to turns one and two. 
for the moment. Ernie Irvin's just going to keep him in sight. Meanwhile, Ricky Rudd is trying to make up some ground. He's about two-thirds of a straightaway behind the front twosome. He is the third-place car. He's going to have his hands full back there with Jimmy Spencer as they work back into the front straightaway. Meanwhile, the two front cars out of turn two. Irvin again looking to the outside of Davey Allison, trying to get a good bite coming off the corner. He's not able to make the move. They'll go single file. Further back to battle for third. Rudd there trying to hold off Jimmy Spencer. Spencer's got the spot underneath him. So as Jimmy Spencer is the man on the move, Ricky Rudd will battle back to the outside at the start-finish line. 444 laps are on the board now as the field works back and Rudd gets rooted out of the way. Spencer gets around taking the inside line. Mark Martin had a thought of trying to make the same move. He couldn't quite pull it off and Darrell Waltrip's trying to get by as well. Seen about as much contact in this race as we have seen in any event in a long, long time. A lot of pushing, shoving, framming and bamming that the phrase that Earnhardt coined some few years ago. We've had a ton of that this afternoon. Battle for the lead out of turn number four. Ernie Irvin had a fender up there, made a little contact with Davey Allison. I tell you, I has done a great job of really keeping that young driver behind. They have pinched each other off in both ends of this racetrack. Let's see if they can do it again up in turn three. Irvin's got the spot underneath. Davey Allison coming into the corner. A fender alongside, but then falls back in behind him. So as the field comes off the corner, Spencer is sideways. He saves it. Here comes Ricky Rudd. He'll move to the inside of Spencer trying to grab the position away. And now there's caution for rain. There's caution for rain. This could be one of the last laps. Here comes the battle for the lead in turn number four. Allison works the low side of the racetrack. Ernie Irvin to the inside. Allison takes the caution with rain falling here at the Bristol Raceway on lap 448. And those skies had got dark in a hurry and now you look across the mountains here in East Tennessee way back toward the west and you can see almost the rain coming over the treetops over there and we are going to have a shower here in just a few moments. The raindrops already beginning to fall here at Bristol, Tennessee. So we may have to kind of wait and see what's going to happen here for a while. We'll take a short break. We're under caution. We'll be back. Attention racing fans, now you can experience life on the NASCAR circuit right in your own home with the new action video, Bill Elliott's Racing to Victory. You'll experience never-before-seen action both on the track and in the pits through the eyes of champion driver Bill Elliott. Racing to Victory brings you behind the scenes with the man they call Million Dollar Bill from Dawsonville. You'll also see many other stars of the NASCAR circuit, both past and present. You'll go into the shop with Bill and his crew to see how today's cars become the high-tech, million-dollar speed machines of the racing world. Experience the feeling of victory in your own home every time Bill crosses the finish line in his famous Coors No. 9. Bill Elliott's Racing to Victory sells for $19.95 plus shipping and handling. To order, call 1-800-547-5800. That's 1-800-547-5800 for Bill Elliott's Racing to Victory home video. Allow four weeks for delivery, money back if not satisfied. Call 1-800-547-5800. That's Bill Elliott's Racing to Victory at 1-800-547-5800. We're back at Bristol International Raceway, and the indication is in a couple of laps, I think we're going to go back to green, just a few drops of rain, and it looked like it might be a heavy shower. You can see one off to the left of this racetrack going kind of down toward the south. Right now, before we find out in just a minute, let's check in with Dick Brooks. Well, Barney, we're in the Enfield Care Center here. We're speaking with the Dr. Crockett that has been uh, uh, working with Sterling Marlin. Can you tell us anything about it? He seems to have some uh, burns involving primarily his face, uh, his arms. Uh, where else? Dr. Lowry uh, uh, administered to him. Uh, he's stable. His vital signs are stable. Uh, we do not think that it's serious. Uh, we're very hopeful that it won't have any permanent scarring. They seem to be hopefully second-degree burns. All right. Well, I'd like to say I, I seen him come out, and it doesn't look all that bad. And uh, I'd like to say thanks to these people in the hospital over there. They've been good to us. So uh, they uh, generally do here at Bristol. He doesn't look like he's hurt bad. 
Well, that's really good news on Sterling Marlin's part and that bad crash he had down in turn number one a moment ago. And, of course, everyone very concerned when something like that happens to a driver. And any time we can get that information, we like to pass it along to you as quickly as we can. So that's the situation on Sterling Marlin. The situation on the raindrops, they're getting bigger and they're getting heavier. And the indication is now we're going to ride here a while because it is simply too wet to go racing. What NASCAR does is they rely in many instances on their pace car driver, Elmo Langley, a former uh, uh, Winston Cup driver in his own right. And he is uh, driving that Pontiac safety car. And when NASCAR saw the first raindrops and they said they slackened for a moment and they said, Elmo, how does it look out there? And uh, he, along with the folks in the tower, collectively felt it was raining too hard. And now, Barney, the uh, umbrellas begin to pop up. It looks more... Uh, like uh, part of the gallery at the Masters yesterday where they themselves had some rain as the big golf umbrellas begin to pop up, all the multicolored parkas, and uh, we will continue under caution here. They have not put out the red flag. Uh, we are still under caution. Davy Allison did lead back to the stripe, remember, on that uh, caution flag of lap 448, and uh, we will have to uh, continue at this point uh, under caution here as the rain does begin to intensify even more. I don't think we're going to see anybody come out of the pit road, that's for sure, in case this rain should move in and lock itself in here for the day. Now, the forecast that we had earlier this morning where there was quite a few heavy showers back toward Memphis, Tennessee, and it was moving some 20, 30 miles an hour, and they did forecast that some of these showers would come into the Bristol area by mid-afternoon or late afternoon, and apparently that's what we are experiencing for the moment. So for right now, nothing we can do but just kind of wait. It's not raining all that hard, just to... Enough to, as, as Richard Petty says, to make it aggravating and a little bit too wet to go racing, so we'll kind of stand by a moment. Next weekend, the first Union 400 at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Motor Racing Network's airtime is 12.45, Eastern Daylight Time for that one. Saturday, we have a pit road preview at 4.30 in the afternoon, and the Bush Pole Show begins at 3.10 on Friday afternoon. So there's going to be quite a bit of activity down at Enix Staley's track next weekend. Their tickets, uh, ticket office is open today, and they have added several... A uh, thousand new seats down there, and they still have some seats available, but I'm sure by the middle of the week they could well be sold out, so I would advise you to get your tickets at least in the next couple of days down at Enix Staley's track. We'll go to Martinsville for the Haynes 500 on April the 28th up at Clay Earl's Beautiful Speedway. Their ticket office also is open, and that is another one of those short tracks where they really get with the program, much like Wilkesboro and Bristol. Then we go to one of the fastest speedways in the world on May the 5th, the Winston 500 at Talladega, Alabama. May the 19th, the Winston in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, we've been talking about the Winston Legends race, some of the old-timers coming back to kind of knock heads a little bit, so to speak, down there just a few weeks down the road. So there's a lot of activity coming up all around the Winston Cup circuit in the coming weeks. You know, Brett Bodine going back to Wilkesboro next weekend. He's the defending champion of the first Union Bank 400. We were talking yesterday while it was raining here at Bristol yesterday morning, talking about how nice it is to be going back to a racetrack as the defending race champion. Well, it really is. You know, uh, a lot of confidence when you go back to a track like that. I think we showed that in the fall race at North Wilkesboro, the way we ran and uh, as strong as we were all day there. Uh, uh, it's just a thing that you want to go back, you want to win the race again. You feel like you've got a, as good a shot as anybody at doing it because of your past experiences there. There's no doubt Wilkesboro has turned into my best racetrack uh, with a win and a third uh, last season, but uh, that doesn't make you a shoe-in to do it again. You've got to work hard and, and make sure you got your stuff prepared to go up there and do the job. 
Brett Bodine getting set for next weekend's running of the first Union 400. They are just uh, taking the uh, helicopter off of its uh, infield uh, pad now as they'll take uh, Sterling Marlin to the hospital for the uh, check over that the doctor was talking about uh, with Dick Brooks there a short while ago, but certainly uh, good to hear that uh, there was not extreme concern on the part of the doctor after that uh, scary crash for Sterling Marlin a short while ago. That's about as much fire and flame as we have seen in a race car in a long, long time, and it's as much as I want to see for the rest of my career in this business. I do. It always really makes you feel kind of very strange inside to see a race car burst into flames. A lot of cars still out here running that we talked to you earlier this afternoon, if you've been with us most of the day, that had suffered sheet metal damage, and there are very few out there right now that do not have a lot of tire marks or sheet metal been out, in, ripped off, whatever. Dale Earnhardt's car got badly damaged earlier here this afternoon, and Earnhardt went some 11 lap laps down at that time, but he is still out there running. Kenny Schrader has suffered a great bit of damage, but has since, again, has suffered a crash a little bit about midway through the race and retired his car. Brett Bodine had his machine pretty well damaged. Jeff Bodine got tangled up in an accident earlier this afternoon and finally ended up in an accident that did put him out of the race. Lake Speed uh, had quite a bit of damage to his car. Sterling Marlin had been running and keeping the car in the lead lap and up in the top five most of the day when he went into the wall backwards and really crunched the rear end of the car and did a great job of driving it all day long until he had that wreck here a few moments ago going off into turn number one. And Dick Crickle, who made his return to Winston Cup Racing this weekend, also had a badly damaged car and put in several laps on the track. It's hard to look out there and see a car that doesn't have a mark on it. Daryl Waltrips, I guess, got the best-looking machine, and he's got that big dent in the rear of his car where he and Davey Allison got together earlier this afternoon. And that is really about it. I'm just watching as you are these cars parading by us here under caution. Uh, the rain has intensified, we'll mention, so uh, we continue under caution. The cars are still circulating. It is now lap 457, lap 457. And we are continuing at this point, but we just now see on the flag stand that uh, Doyle Ford has just reached for the red flag. And we'll wait and see if Elmo Langley brings the cars down the pit road or they stay on the racetrack and they're coming down pit lane. So it would expect we will see the uh, red flag displayed here any time. Normally, they take the cars down towards turn number one, down past Jimmy Cox, who was the uh, NASCAR inspector at the head end of Pitt Road, and that's normally where they park them, and that's the case. The red flag is now being displayed on lap number 458. So they have run 10 laps under caution, and that's probably all you could have asked for because it is still raining, and uh, we had that lengthy caution for Sterling Marlin's cleanup. That allowed track temperatures to cool a little bit. The temperature itself here, the ambient temperature has dropped, so... Uh, you're not going to get any help at this juncture with the uh, built-up heat in the racetrack helping dry uh, with this rain falling. Eli, we have the uh, the uh, Western Auto Mechanic of the race, Larry McReynolds. You $1,000 richer. Just been named the Western Auto Mechanic of the race. Well, again, ever since that award was created two or three years ago, I, I still think it's got the wrong name. It should be, you know, Team of the Race Award, but... Uh, I'm proud to accept it for the entire Robert Rach Yates racing team, whatever the outcome may be. We've had a good day. That's uh, Larry McReynolds, and he picks up $1,000 from the folks at Western Auto. And at the end of the year, the winner of the Western Auto Mechanic of the Year, $25,000. So Larry McReynolds, Davey Allison's crew, is the winner of the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race. And well-deservedly so here today. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Here at Bristol, Tennessee, the rain shower is not real heavy, but as I said, it's gotten the track uh, just a little bit too wet to run. 
and they run about 10 laps under caution. Now they have parked the car, single file, starting over in the middle of turns one and two at the apron of the racetrack. So we're going to kind of sit here and wait and see a while if this weather will move on around. It doesn't look that bad, although the clouds look very dark to the west of us. The rain shower is not really all that heavy, just kind of a mist and a drop or two here and there. Could you imagine what it'll be like now for all these guys to try and get their competitive juices rounded up again, and then if they do go back to green to have about 42 laps of flat out of what we've seen all afternoon, that would be a heck of a deal. Well, we may see some tussling on the ground now, really <laughs> kidding down there. I'm sure some of the drivers, if they get out of the cars, are going to discuss an incident or two that might have happened here today, but I don't think it'll get out of hand too bad. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. Welcome back, everyone, to continuing live coverage of the Valleydale 500 from the Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. And, yes... The rain has stopped, the track is dry, and the cars are rolling under caution on the 459th lap. As it does appear now, we will get the remainder of this race in under green flag conditions. I'm Eli Gold with Barney Hall. Joel Moore is covering the turn action for us today with Jim Phillips and Dick Brooks on pit road. And I guess everybody here is happy except... Maybe Davey Allison and the rest of his racing team, Barney. Yeah, I'm sure he would like to see the rain stay here, but Davey Allison just dived onto pit road there a moment ago. Let's see if we can get a, a report on what they did to the car. Well, they changed uh, four tires on the car, Barney. They, Barney, they wanted to make real sure that they could do that. They didn't know if the pit road was open or not, but they wanted to make the decision to change the tires. Larry McReynolds, the crew chief, is here. Uh, he's talking to Davey right now. They wanted to make sure that uh, they were the first one to uh, change tires if anybody else did. Let's see if I can get a word with him. Larry, Larry you guys decided to change tires. Uh, was there a particular reason for that? No, Dick, it, it wasn't even a gamble. It's an odd-even race here. It's 40 laps to go. Rusty's the only car we're racing on the odd side. He's got four brand-new tires. We had to get four be with him. Okay. Well, that's uh, some pretty good strategy there. This uh, odd-even uh pit rules or whatever they are, I guess is going to change everybody's strategy. Now, Ted Musgrave will have to allow both Rusty Wallace and Davey Allison to get in line behind the pace car, because now that we are inside the final 50 laps of the race, only those cars on the lead lap will be up front, and that's how they will line up now with the Musgrave and the rest falling in behind Rusty Wallace and Davey Allison. So Davey, in the old style, if you will, he's now being shown in third spot getting set for the restart which will be just one lap away now as the lights have gone off up top the Pontiac safety car. Let's check in again with Joe Moore out in turn three. Racetrack completely dry here, Eli, only down at the very bottom of the track. Some little signs of moisture. Things are good on the high side, though. As you say, the lights are out on top the Pontiac safety car. Field is forming up on the outside row. That is led by Ernie Irvin. Rusty Wallace just got back on the lead lap when that rain began and caused the caution. So Rusty now running in the second spot. He leads the inside row. Pace car pulling down off the banking up in turn number four. This could be the wildest finish we've had in the Winston Cup race in a lot of years. They come down to the line. The green flag is in the air, and they're about to settle the Valleydale 500. Hard racing off into turn number one. Ernie Irvin on the outside. Rusty Wallace gets the jump out of the corner. Davey Allison will go with him. Wallace shoots right on down to the inside of the racetrack, takes the lead. Davey Allison falls in behind him in second. Irvin is third. Fourth is Ricky Rudd. Fifth is Mark Martin. Now remember, we've got new tires for Rusty Wallace and Davey Allison. Those cars pull away on up 463. They're in turn two. Mark Martin sitting back in the fifth position, trying to draw a line on Ricky Rudd. Looks to the inside of Rudd. Car breaks loose just a tad, so he settles down, falls in back in single file. About to put lap 464 on the board. They chase Rusty Wallace. He has made comeback. 
Links all day long as he takes them back into turn number one. Davey Allison, two car links back and losing a little ground now. The third place car, Ernie Irvin. Ernie Irvin's beginning to feel some heat from Ricky Rudd. Rudd trying to get by and also from Mark Martin. He's following Ricky Rudd back to turn three. This is live coverage. If you're just joining us after a lengthy rain delay, we are 35 laps in the finish of the Valleydale 500. Rusty Wallace shows the way with Davey Allison second. Wallace with a three-car length lead over Davey Allison, then five car links back to third place. Ernie Irvin, Ricky Rudd still there in fourth, followed by Mark Martin and Darrell Waltrip. Some of the best battling is going on from third on back. Ernie Irvin's got his hands full with Ricky Rudd and Mark Martin. Those three cars locked tightly together. An interval of about four car lengths between Rusty Wallace now and Davey Allison back in three. Also a good battle for this sixth spot. Dale Jarrett dives to the inside of the track up alongside Jimmy Spencer. Dale Jarrett moves up a position. Mark Martin's on the move. He'll try and work to the inside of Ricky Rudd with Waltrip there as well. Those three thought about going wide in the corner, but now they're single file. Single file off turn two and down the back straight away. Third place, Ricky Rudd leading the pack of three. That includes Mark Martin and Darrell Waltrip. That's the best race on the speedway now for fourth position. Darrell Waltrip has been getting real aggressive. Mark Martin has really been hanging it out the last two or three circuits around here as the laps are winding down. The leader, however, still Rusty Wallace up in turn three. Wallace up to a five-car length lead now over Ernie Irvin. Still best racing is going on back for third. Ricky Rudd's got his hands full trying to hold off Mark Martin. Now remember, Rusty Wallace has 22,800 more reasons to try and win this race. He started from the pole today, and the Unical Challenge, which is up for grabs to the pole winner should he win the race, totals $22,800 here this afternoon. So that's something that Rusty Wallace is looking like or looking at right now as he and Davey Allison pace the field in turn two. He's got clear sailing as well now, coming off turn two, but at the end of the back straightaway, you'll be approaching some slower traffic. There's four cars directly ahead. 29 laps to go this time. Oh, trouble. trouble. Kenny Schrader hard into the outside retaining wall. We are under caution. The lead cars are back in turns one and two, and a tire now bouncing wildly across the pit lane. It bounces off the tool case of the Harry Gantz Skull Bandit. Everybody saw it coming, and they got out of the way all right, but Kenny Schrader took a heck of a lick against the outside retaining wall in the Kodiak Chevrolet, and we're under caution now for the 19th time this afternoon. Severe damage this time to Kenny Schrader's car. He's been nursing a car that had sheet metal damage all day long, Here's Schrader climbing out the window of the car, and apparently he is all right as he just stomps down on the roof of the car that I know how he feels. Man, this has been one long day for Kenny Schrader and the Kodiak team, but he's out of the car, so he will park it this time for good for the rest of the day. We may equal what we had here one time before in the form of 20 cautions. We've got 19, and we've still got some racing left. We'll Barney, that was a good move by uh, the race leader, Rusty Wallace, there, too, because that car spun directly in front of him, and Rusty made a pretty cool move in trying to avoid that car. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back to Bristol in a minute. We'll be going back to green in two more laps here at Bristol Raceway. Rusty Wallace leads. Davey Allison posted in the second spot. Ernie Irvin third. Mark Martin fourth. Next in line will be Ricky Rudd in fifth. Darrell Waltrip sixth. Dale Jarrett seventh. In eighth place is Terry Labonte. They're posting the race speed at this point, Barney, of 50.669 miles an hour. It might be one of the uh, all-time low marks uh, in that department. Uh, Charlie Glotzbach won here at an average speed of 101 miles an hour back in 1971 as uh, the track record. We're about a half of that now. I'm going to say that that could well be a record for the slowest race that they have ever run here at Bristol. Of course, we had 20 cautions here in a night race, but I don't think they were as extended in length as they have been today. So we might check on that uh, and find out if that indeed is one of the slowest races they've ever run, I tell you. I've seen a little bit of everything here this afternoon. 
Pace car takes them over to turn number two. They're getting ready to go back to green, and lap 476 is on the board. So we're going to be concluding this one very shortly. If we can keep it under green for the next few laps around this racetrack, Pace car takes them up into turn number three. Ernie Urban is the leader. They are posting Rusty Wallace in the number two position. As they get ready to cut them loose, Davey Allison is back there in that second row. He's still got a good shot to win this thing. So has Mark Martin. So has Ricky Rudd, Darrell Walter. Well, you name it, any of those eight cars on the lead lap still have a shot at it. Here they come off turn number four. A green flag goes in the air, and they race door to door for a up on the, the front four, going the corner door-to-door door and out of the turn. Rusty Wallace trying to get a little jump. And he really doesn't get away that much from Ernie Irvin. Irvin still up alongside as they go back to turn three. Ernie goes a bit wider than he would like. Rusty Wallace drips up the banking just a bit more. It might open the inside for Davey Allison to try and grab second spot if he can pull it off in the corner. Davey's got the Ford there, now looking to the inside. Coming into turn two, no chance to go down to the inside of Ernie Irvin. So Davey Allison falls in line in third. Single file now. The front three work through turns three and four. Back into the start-finish line. Rusty Wallace, two car lengths ahead of Ernie Irvin. The hot battle is going to be for second place as Davey Allison has really been working on Ernie Irvin. Davey Allison peeks down on the inside of Irvin, coming off the corner. No chance to make the move. The whole field practically single file this time back to turn three. Ernie hasn't got the tires right now that either Rusty Wallace or Davey Allison have, but as long as he rides there second in line, it's going to act as the buffer to allow Wallace to pull away a little bit more. Wallace has already picked up about two car lengths now over Ernie Irvin. Sitting in third is Allison. Fourth is Mark Martin. Fifth is Ricky Rudd. Sixth is Darrell Waltrip. Seventh is the Dale Jarrett car. Got a pretty good scramble going on back there a moment ago between Dale Jarrett and Darrell Waltrip for a position here as they work down to the final laps of the Valleydale 500. Wallace out of turn two. Wallace leads the way still by about two car lengths. Back to that battle for the sixth position. Darrell Walter trying to hold off Dale Jarrett. Jarrett looks to the outside of him in turn three. That's the battle back for sixth position. Now Trouble the spinning up in turn car. Three. One car hits the outside retaining wall. It's Mickey Gibbs who loops around right in front of traffic. Brings it down to the bottom side of the racetrack. Mickey Gibbs tries to drive it away now. And this race will stay under green. Mickey Gibbs brought it all the way to the bottom of the racetrack. Don't see any liquid or anything else down on the racetrack. So this race will stay under green as, again, they race back off into the corner. Mickey Gibbs gets the car fired. will go on around the speedway. He wrinkled the rear end of that car a little bit, but the race is still under green. Back into turns three and four. Here they come, lap 484. About to go up on the scoreboard. Rusty Wallace still ahead. Two car lengths, the margin between himself and Ernie Irvin. Make it four car lengths back now to Davey Allison, the third-place machine. They're up to turn three. And about three car lengths back now to the Mark Martin machine. Another five car lengths back to Ricky Rudd. Then that ongoing battle between Darrell Waltrip and Dale Jarrett. Now, there will be some race traffic for the leaders to contend with. They're closing in on Bill Elliott and Jeff Bodine. There are four other cars ahead who will also be factors somewhere in the next 15 laps. The lead car is Rusty Wallace. He's got a car length and a half on Ernie Irvin, who is running in the second spot. Then three car lengths further back. Back to Davey Allison. He is running third. Mark Martin is three more car lanes back. And then a goodly distance back to Ricky Rudd. They're on the back stretch. Rusty goes to work, picking his way through traffic. First around the Bill Elliott car. Now around Jeff Bodine. Ernie Irvin also gets around those two slower cars. And in the next three laps, they're going to catch another pack of four cars directly ahead. The first of those will be Lake Speed and then Brett Bodine as they're tooling along about right now, maybe three seconds ahead of the leaders. They're out of turn two. Ernie Irvin's beginning to shut down the gap now. The distance between himself and race leader Rusty Wallace, it was at about three car lengths. Mark it down to less than a car length now as they exit turn four. Ernie Irvin winning here at Bristol during the fall race a year ago. He won it under the lights here. Rusty Wallace is a two-time winner here at Bristol, so both men know how to get around. Meanwhile, Dale Jarrett and Darrell Waltrip are the battle. 
Jared only bearing down on Walter, giving him a little bit of a push coming off turn two. He's also got to worry about Jimmy Spencer. He's knocking on the back door of Dale Jarrett. And those three have been making contact for the last two or three laps around this racetrack. Uh, Jarrett again pulls right up on the bumper of Vera Waltrip out of the corner, and again they touch. Both of them turn sideways there just a little bit. Ten laps to go. Ten laps, and this race will all be over. Wallace at the start-finish line, and Ernie Irvin is there. He gave him a little tap that time right in the front straightaway, and all of a sudden, Ernie Irvin seems to be getting stronger. They're back to three. Irvin dives to the inside of the track. No chance to pull down to the inside of Rusty Wallace. He follows him again back to turn three. As the tires heat up a little bit more, Ernie Irvin's used tires seem to come around just a little bit. With nine laps to go, he is again there, nose to tail with the leader, Wallace. Rusty Wallace off turn number two on the back straightaway. The back end begins to kick out just a tad here for Wallace in these final laps. Here they come off turn number four. They've already got around one of those lap cars. They'll catch Brett Bodine somewhere in the middle of the back straightaway in about another lap or so. Wallace is still the leader. Ernie Irvin in striking distance. He had got right on the bumper of Wallace a couple of times. Now he's a half a car length back in turn three. Ernie Irvin follows single finals. They come back to turn number three. Further back, Davey Allison there trying to hold off the Mark Martin car. Davey's going to have a tough time trying to chase down the race leaders with just seven laps to go. He also, as Joe said, has to contend with Mark Martin. Meanwhile, the leaders close in on traffic. Brett Bodine directly ahead for Rusty Wallace as he hit the back straightaway. Going into turn number three, Brett takes a lower line. Rusty looks to the outside. Well, the smooth driving deal went out the window with these two. They are slinging these cars right, left, hanging them sideways in the corner, really doing everything they can to hold each other off. Wallace wants to stay where he is. Ernie Irvin wants to get around him. They work back up to turn three in front of a lot of traffic. Ernie Irvin listen to car length behind Rusty Wallace as they approach that slower traffic now in the front stretch. Five laps to go, the indication this time, as Ernie Irvin now closes in on Wallace while Wallace closes on race traffic. Rusty Wallace drifts up the racetrack just a bit, coming off turn number two. Now Brett Bodine drops to the inside, letting the front two get by. Now they close in on Rick Mast and Dale Earnhardt. And Doyle Ford on the flag stand is working that passing flag for Dale Earnhardt and Rick Mast saying the leaders are bearing down on you. Move over and give them a little room, and that's exactly what they do. They're out of turn two. Rick Mast is out of the way. Now Dale Earnhardt alongside the race leader Rusty Wallace. Wallace clears that car. Also, Ernie Irvin gets by. It'll be questionable if they catch any more race traffic, although Michael Waltrip is about two-thirds of the straightaway ahead. The leaders are back in turn number one. Still a car length between Wallace and Irvin. Here's Rusty Wallace making his way once again off turn two and on the back straightaway. A little bit of clear sailing for a couple of laps, but Irvin is still there. And could be a good battle back there also still between Davey Allison and Mark Martin. They're in striking distance of each other to make a difference in these final laps here with with two laps to go as they work it back to turn two. Davey's hitting in third, and Mark Martin back in the fourth position still have to deal with those slower cars that the race leaders just passed. Earnhardt and Rick Mast directly ahead of the third and fourth place cars. The white flag is out for the race leader. If Ernie Irvin has one more chance left, he'll have to make it try here. He closes in on Wallace in turn number two with race traffic a factor. Bill Elliott directly ahead of the race leader. He drops to the inside. Irvin tries to go down low. He tags Rusty Wallace. Here's Irvin diving to the inside. He's up alongside. Ernie Irvin is door to door. They as they come off the corner, and Wallace will win it by half a car length as they cross the start finish line. Rusty Wallace getting his first win with his brand new team in 1991. What a finish here at Bristol. Let's go to Pit Road. Oh, what a happy Jimmy Maycar. Hey, Jimmy, your first win as a crew chief. Oh, I'll tell you what, that was all Rusty Wallace, I'll tell you. Car, we had a good car all day. We really did. The guys worked real hard. We got down, you know, we went several laps down and come back. We didn't give up, and I'll tell you or overhead this day, he just, it was all him that last two laps, I'm going to tell you. Jimmy Maycar, the crew chief for Rusty Wallace. That was quite a finish, wasn't it? I'll tell you what, we've seen some finishes here at Bristol, Tennessee, and if the night race is anything like this, I'm going to get me another pacemaker. I can't handle this. I'm too <laughs> old. I'll be back in a minute. The Grand Prix is a great-looking car on the highway, and it's a great-looking car on the racetrack. Kyle 
Petty talks about the Pontiac Grand Prix GTP pace car. I don't know what exactly what it's like to ride in the Grand Prix pace car, but uh, I sure know what it's like to follow. Uh, it's a real stable car on the banks. It's a real stable car at speed. And, uh, you know, what better car could you choose than a Pontiac Grand Prix to lead 40 of the greatest race cars in the world? Grand Prix GTP, the official pace car of NASCAR. From Pontiac, we build excitement. Richard Petty remembers. Used to be I'd walk in to see the doctor up here after a wreck, and he'd say, you're going to be out for six weeks. Now he says, okay, how quick have I got to get you ready? My doctor flat out knows his business. You know when family doctors were asked which pain relief formula they preferred, Goody's Headache Powders or BC's, it was Goody's, three to one. Goody's, the South's number one headache powder. Goody's makes you feel so good again. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio. We are back at Bristol International Raceway after a long, long day, and just about anything that can happen has certainly happened here this afternoon. It's all over as Rusty Wallace comes home victorious, as we said, getting his first win with his brand-new race team, and he'll be heading to Victory Lane here in a few minutes, and we'll get a word with him. Right now, let's check in with Jim Phillips. Well... Ernie Urban, what a finish. Tell us about those last two laps. I tell you, you know, uh, our car was just a little bit better than Russ. He's not enough to really get in there and dig on him. But, uh, you know, he got slowed up a little bit with a lap car, so I figured I better hit him a little bit and get him sideways. And, you know, I, I could have shoved him up real high coming off, but I figured we better race clean to the finish. And, Russ, he outrun us. You ran down there on him one time coming down the front straightaway just a little bit, and then you fell back. Yeah, I just was uh, driving the car a little too hard and getting it pushing, getting in. But I tell you, Rusty drove a hell of a race. He was two laps down. And, um, you know, this is the opposite of the way we finished last time. And I wasn't going to do Rusty no different than he'd have done me. Your car seemed to come in better as the laps went on. Well, it did. You know, they had new tires on. So they'd obviously, you know, spurred out there and beat us for a while. But I knew if we could get going that our our used tires were were better for us. We couldn't run on new tires. So, you know, I knew our car would keep speeding up. And, uh, you know, all the guys on our crew did a heck of a job with Kodak and Delco Remy and Chevrolet. And, you know, we're real proud. We're the top finish in Chevrolet today and uh, beat all them Fords. That's Ernie Irvin, second-place finisher today in the Valleydale 500. And he's, not a, he's not all that unhappy about running second here because he really hung it out all day long and uh, came back several times from being back in the field and was right up in the thick of things, had a shot to win it. And as that team will tell you, that's all we ask for is a chance to win the race. We checked on what we're talking about, about the average speed of 51.784 miles an hour, and I understand that will be the slowest race that we know of in the record books as far as Winston Cup competition. Yeah, we were just looking up uh, the old Capital City 400 at uh, 1973 in Richmond was at 63.1 miles an hour. The slowest Bristol race was a Southeastern 500 in 1974, and this was slower than that by uh, some 11 or 12 miles an hour with all the problems. The unofficial average speed, 51.784 miles an hour today. But I'll tell you, that doesn't mean a thing. Let's go to victory lane. Yeah, we're here. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, we waited too long. Hang on. (laughs) I'll tell you, they're getting drenched down here. Bunch of happy people here. Rusty, I'll tell you, I don't know why you, how you call a race like this. It's had about everything that a fan could ever see or, I guess, a race driver or anybody else. Yeah, it was tough. i tell you, this is where I started my first win with the new Blue Max team, and this is where I started my first uh, win with the new Penske Racing team. And, man, I can't say enough about Jimmy Maycar, Eddie Dickerson, Harold Elliott, David Evans, Phil Dittmars, all the guys back in the engine shop who worked their rears off building a great motor because this thing had power. And, uh... I just like to thank Miller, Genuine Draft, Mobile AC, and Goodyear because we had great tire wear today, no problems. I got two laps down early when I ran over some debris and lost two laps and got them back. 
went on to win the thing. But I tell you, Ernie, he run me clean. He run me strong. Uh, that last lap over there, we both went for it. I'll tell you what, we come out side by side. It was a great effort on his part. I know for a fact that you really like to race. I mean, good, you know, good clean racing or a little fender bumping makes for a good race. Uh, but you, you kept your car clean all day. It just, uh, you know, you, you wasn't all skinned up. Everybody else was all bent up. And you had, to, I think you were three laps down or four laps down over the race, and you had to keep coming back. How'd you keep it clean? Well, I knew if you, it, it, uh, Bristol's a tough racetrack. If you get banging around out here, buddy, you're going to end up in a wall or you're going to end up having problems. And the whole thing I had to do is just keep my nose clean, run hard, keep working with the chassis, making it handle good. And the car I handled perfect all throughout the day. And uh, it was just a great deal. You know, I'm just so happy to win here at Bristol. It's my favorite short track. I've said that forever and ever, and it's, it's a good win today. I know everybody's happy, but this has got to give the team a boost, huh? Oh, man, just everybody. Uh, like I said, Jimmy and Harold and Nickel Lilla and all the boys on the test team and everybody who's working to make this happen. Uh, you know, they kept saying, where's Rusty? You know, he's, he's out of it. And I kept saying, I said, just stay tuned. You know, it was the beginning and the end of Blue Max, and now we're building a new team, and we're back. We proved that with the pole and the win today. Well, they sure did, so... There's a happy bunch of people over here. They got some bonus money today and uh, won the race. Yeah, they got about $22,800 worth of bonuses from the folks at Unical as the winners of the Unical Challenge. The members of the media covering the Valleydale 500 have voted the Goodies Headache Award to Sterling Marlin. The $1,000 going to the driver. He was hurt in an accident earlier today, has since been transported to the uh, Bristol Regional Medical Center. And uh, the word is he's going to be just fine, although uh, a few uh, bumps and bruises and uh, an X-ray or two for a sore hip. But Sterling gets the $1,000 and a $250 donation going going to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, from Goodies Manufacturing in the name of Sterling Marlin. Let's check in one more time with Jim Phillips. We're with Davey Allison, third place finish. Davey, your car just didn't come in like you would like it to on those last uh, 48 laps. Well, Rusty was strong all day. You know, the pit rules definitely played in his favor today. And, uh, you know, he won the race. Somebody had to win it. He ran strong. He won the race. want to congratulate him. We'll get ready to go to North Wilkesboro. I just want to say that you know, my guys worked awful hard, and it paid off with our second top five finish in a row. So things are working good for us right now, too. You know, we got a long way to go still with things that we want to accomplish, but we're working hard, and we're working together right now. And I want to say one, one, one other thing, too. Uh, There's a lot of people out there listening on the radio that heard me say some pretty harsh things a while ago, but I want to explain that. And I was met at the window of my car by Daryl Waltrip, when, and he said some pretty harsh things to me right there. So, uh you know, I didn't mean to come across so harsh towards all the fans, but, you know, I'm not going to be threatened. That's Davey Allison, third place finisher today in the Vanadale 500. Time for us now to vote on the Peak Performance Cool Move of the Race Award. $500 on the line from the folks at Peak Antifreeze and Simmer Coolant. Our first nomination from Joe Moore. Eli, I'll go with Darrell Waltrip. I saw him make a great save here coming off turn four when his car got loose. He almost plugged the inside retaining wall. He saved the car and came on to post a good finish. I'll vote for Darrell Waltrip. Dick Brooks, your thoughts? Well, I'm going to say Kenny Schrader. I uh, seen him jump out of his car after about the 17th wreck, get up and jump on the top of it, and then walk away from it and actually talk to people and uh, without hollering and yelling too much. So that's pretty cool. Jim Phillips, what do you think? I'm going to go with Darrell Walter on a couple of occasions I saw him save his race car and the, the fact the spin down pit lane. I know he had both feet on the brakes, but he still had enough about him to turn it around and keep going without losing a lap. Darrell Walter. 
Barney, I'm going to nominate Chad Little. Uh, he had himself a day today, and he actually uh, had a lot of near misses, and he saved it. And for a man who hasn't necessarily the experience on this racetrack, I'm going to nominate Chad Little for a thought here. I'm going to cast a vote in the direction of Davey Allison because I saw him make a couple of real cool moves to avoid accidents in both ends of this racetrack today when he could have just charged on in there, maybe even picked up another position, but instead he chose to protect somebody else's car and let off a wee, a wee bit in the turns. But Darrell Waltrip, with two nominations, will win the $500 as the winner of the Peak Antifreeze Cool Move of the Race Award. Barney and I were talking this one over a short while ago, and I guess you can't get any closer than Ernie Irvin did, uh, short of winning the race. So the Have a Tampa and Philly Cigar Award goes to Ernie Irvin. He takes home $500 on behalf of MRN Radio, Have a Tampa and Philly Cigars. Some of the other post-race honors, the Gatorade Circle of Champions, obviously going to the race winner, Rusty Wallace. Ricky Rudd will uh, outlast everybody else to win the True Value Hard Charger Award. And as we heard earlier in the day, Larry McReynolds will be the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race. And don't forget, when you are out shopping next time, why don't you pick up some delicious Tyson roasted chicken on the way to the next NASCAR event, possibly. Tyson is the official chicken of NASCAR, proud sponsor of today's Lickety Split Award. We have the final rundown in front of us. Why don't we take a look? Rusty Wallace, of course, the winner. Ernie Irvin will finish second. Davey Allison runs third. Mark Martin is fourth. Ricky Rudd finishes fifth. Darrell Waltrip finishes in sixth position. Dale Jarrett is seventh. Eighth goes to Jimmy Spencer. Terry Labonte will finish ninth, and all of those cars are on the lead lap. Finishing in tenth, Morgan Shepard. Harry Gant will run eleventh. Twelfth goes to Ted Musgrave. Thirteenth to Joe Rutman. Fourteenth position to Chad Little. Bobby Hillen will finish fifteenth. Hut Strickland, sixteenth. Richard Petty, seventeenth. Rick Mass finishes 18th, 19th is Mickey Gibbs, and rounding out the top 20, Dale Earnhardt. 21st today is Kyle Petty, 22nd Brett Bodine, Michael Waltrip finishes 23rd, 24th is Jeff Bodine, and 25th Dick Trickle, 26th is Alan Kulwicki, 27th today is Sterling Marlin, 28th Bill Elliott, 29th Kenny Schrader, 30th will be Dick Trickle, 31st Bobby Hamilton, 32nd Derek Cope, and 33rd will be Rick Wilson. Next weekend, the first Union 400 from North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina. Their ticket office is open all week leading up to the event. Our coverage begins Friday at 10 minutes after 3 Eastern time. Friday afternoon, the Bush Pole Show. Saturday, the Pit Road Preview begins at 4.30 Eastern time. And then next Sunday, our coverage of the first Union 400 from North Wilkesboro Speedway beginning at 12.45 Eastern time. We've had a day and a half here today at Bristol. We're so happy you were able to join us for the coverage of the Valleydale 500. We will be with you on Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern Time for our next edition of NASCAR Live, and Alan Bestwick will be along each and every weekday afternoon with NASCAR Today, the latest news from the world of NASCAR racing. Our thanks to Martha Oliver and Augusta Johnson, who are on the scoring loop today. Our production assistant was Ted Stone. We thank Joel Moore, who covered the turns today. Jim Phillips and Dick Brooks are on pit road. For Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone, and our congratulations to Rusty Wallace, winner of today's Valleydale 500. So long, everyone. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the Bristol International Raceway and sponsored by the Pontiac Grand Prix GTP. Pontiac, we build excitement. By Tyson Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR. By True Value Hardware Stores. Got a tough job to do? You can do it with True Value. By Anheuser-Busch, Brewers of Bush Beer. Head for the mountains of Bush Beer. By TransSouth Financial. TransSouth for the right loan right now. By 
Unical. The winning spirit rides with you every time. It's the spirit of 76. Buy Gatorade Thirst Quencher for that deep down body thirst. Buy Planters Nuts. If you are a racing nut, eat Planters Nuts. Buy Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. Buy Peak Antifreeze. Only Peak gives you peak protection. And buy STP, the official car care products of the Daytona 500. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer, Alan Bestwick. Engineers, Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. Affiliate relations, Pat Hensley and David Hyatt. Assistants, Cheryl Knight and Stephanie Ellis. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.